Well, if you hate Christmas shopping because it's the one time of the year that people other than collectors are taking up space in the toy aisles, then you found the right place because you're listening to the Action Figure Blues podcast, episode number 197, for the week of Wednesday, the 2nd of December, 2015. I'm Scott, and with me tonight are... Ben. Eddie. And Adam. This episode is brought to you by Bam Kapow Collectibles and ActionFigureBlues.com. Tonight, our Toy of the Week is the Hasbro Star Wars Black 6-inch Scale TIE Fighter, and our discussion topic is a toy history of the Transformers Grimlock. How are we this week? Special. Spiffing. Very cool. Well, I got to go spiffing. <laughs> yeah. So, Ben, what's been happening with you? Uh, lots been happening with me. Um, uh, good things, bad things, all sorts of things. Good things um, when three children is not enough. Well, what do you do? You go out and you get a puppy. Yay! 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 So we added a new member to our family. Um, a week ago tomorrow, uh, it's nine weeks old, a little, little West Highland white pup named Daisy. And, um, yes, she is, um, I'm certainly smitten with her. That's for sure. She's a, a real little cutie and showing lots of personality already. And I think, um, my youngest two are a bit, they're only five, um, the girls. And I think they're a bit sort of confused. I think they thought that the, you know, they would be out in the backyard with her playing fetch and uh-huh. you know, when they said roll over she would roll over and I'm sort of you know, trying to explain to them you know she's only eight weeks old she was only born two months ago she, <laughs> she doesn't even know her name yet <laughs> so, so they're like oh 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 but um the oldest is uh, who's seven she's showing some really nice traits of uh, looking after her so that's really really nice yeah. so yeah that was fun um, but I uh, uh, came into the uh, the comic room this afternoon to find out that my um, Guy Gardner figure had, uh, well, I think it's Guy Gardner. I'm, I'm trying to work backwards through the scene of the crime and um, oh. my DC Universe classics are all in a, a bookshelf and I just sort of display them rank and file sort of thing and I'm pretty sure he decided to take a um, a leap and so he's taken out about six other Green Lanterns somehow <laughs> but... He's on the second bottom shelf, and on my bottom shelf is all like the, um, uh, all the you know the red lanterns, yellow lanterns, black hand, manhunters, all that sort of thing. And through some miracle of physics, I think he's hit the floor, but then bounced back into the bottom shelf, and then completely taken out like three quarters of that shelf. It's it's like a, a figure lanch um, has happened. And uh, I leave the door closed, so it's not like um, you know the dog or anything yeah. got in here. But I was just looking at. at there must be at least 40 figures that have toppled over. Oh and because God. I'm an accessories guy, all the accessories have fallen out of their hands and stuff. Uh. So I just closed the door and walked away. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you, you just summed up right there the kind of thing that actually killed displaying six-inch figures for me. Yeah. You know, yeah. because, like, I don't, you know, I, yeah. 
<laughs> uh, it's been they've actually been really good for a while, and um, so they're behind me now, and I just I'm just ignoring them. So yeah, yeah, anyway, that's the week that was. Oh dear. <laughs> now, Adam, you're a special. So what what's special about you this week? Uh, I'm trying to think. Um, I have spent large portions of the week working on a series of wooden box tower things that's forming the rabbit's first birthday present. So, <laughs> you know how you get like cat furniture and stuff? Well, there's not really anything apart from hutches for rabbits. So, yeah. like, well, they really just like, you know, tight, confined spaces, all low spaces that they can run around in. So they've got a series of stacked boxes made out of timber with holes in them so they can get in and out. Wow, it's pet week this week. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so are the um, rabbits, like, dying in anticipation of waiting for this or...? No, no, so one of them's been in the lowest and biggest box because I just put him through as a test. They've both seen the <laughs> top box because I was testing that to see if I could get through it, and the cats have been through all of the levels as I continually force them through it for fun. <laughs> fun, yeah. Yeah. Fun. Sweet. They're fun. They're their own personal amusement. Yay. That's so cute. Mm. Yay. And um, Eddie, what's your what's your week been like? Uh, well, I've had a good week. I've uh, started doing the 16-day activist challenge, which uh, is set something set up by Women's uh, Health in the West here in Victoria, uh, and that's something you just spend a day doing a bit of reading on uh, gender equality, um, consent, uh, uh, household violence. Uh, here in Victoria and posting about it on social media to try and spread the word. So uh, that's been going well. It's uh, one of the first kickoff years of it, and I'm uh, going to be interviewed by the media about it next week, which oh. is a uh, nice running thing. So um, always good to help spread that word. And I also had, after a year of being a grumpy bum moviegoer, probably <laughs> my favourite movie experience of the year aside from Mad Max, which was uh, Creed. Uh, which cool. I loved, and it was probably the first film that had me moving around in my seats while oh, watching excellent. it. I was jumping back and forth and <laughs> sort of throwing air punches, and I got <laughs> completely absorbed into it. So I apologise to anyone sitting near me uh, in the cinema, but uh, mm. highest of recommends uh, if you're a Rocky fan and get a chance to uh, pop out and see that one. That's cool. That's very cool. And what about you, Mr. Scott? Uh, I've had a, a, a week of highs and lows. Um, my, my father-in-law has been, uh, moving towards the end of his life, um, for a while and he's kind of moving closer, but it's hard to tell. Um, I, I think that we've developed the capacity to keep a body going, mm. you know, for a long time when it's basically finished. Um, and so it's kind of a bit of a, you know, up and down thing. So early last weekend, I thought we were, you know, going to be jumping on a plane, etc. But now things seem to have kind of plateaued again. So a bit of a, it'll be a mercy really for, um, you know, that to come to an end. Cause he's, he's really done and, um, yeah, it's been a bit sad, uh, but then, the good stuff this week has been kids finishing, they're getting close to the end of year of school and um, kids achieving and getting awards and all those fun hmm. parenty things. So just kind of, <laughs> you know, 
the normal highs and lows of life, really. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but you know, it's all part of the all part of the journey. You know, because I've lived in Australia so long, like, and I left the U.S. quite young. I'm I'm really emotionally closer to my in-laws than my own parents. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, it's a. Uh, uh, but I'm I'm really glad that our family has been able to do a really good job of supporting um, them, and will continue to do it. And it's all part of the journey. So, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, on the funny side, I had an emergency phone call from uh, my <laughs> child. At work this week, so that you know, on the number that is only you know, if I if it comes from this number, you know, oh no, something's really wrong. <laughs> and when I picked up, I'm like, what? What's wrong? That like, dad, dad, like, what? What's wrong? The, there's no Wi-Fi <laughs> in, the, in the in the house. I just got home, and it, I was like, are you serious? <laughs> <laughs> so a long talk and a very ranty Facebook post. <laughs> Um, later, uh, you know, it's kind of like funny afterwards at the time. And I was like, I have to go. I'm in the middle of something right now. I can't do anything about it at the time. I'm like, but what do we do now? Like, <laughs> like talk to each other, read books, it's you know, do things. <laughs> uh, it's partly part of the stress was because we have a, um, the, ki- the kids have a kind, you know, a, a internet Wi-Fi budget um, that you know they they only get a certain amount of time. Um, mm-hmm. on a daily basis, and it's often in that time, you know, from coming home from school, because they partly need it for homework, and then once they get that done, they can use it for other things, but then by the time we get home, it's done, you know? Mm-hmm. So I think it was partly the stress of that, but it was just the, like, I'm sorry, there's nothing I can do about it. <laughs> this does not qualify as an emergency. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Well, hey, I think we've got quite a big show. Um, we've got a, certainly a very big try of the week, literally, and um, a first-of-its-kind uh, toy history for our show. Um, so I think we should uh, get started and move on to some articulated news. It is a time when those who control the magic control destiny. When Spectral Knights battle evil darkly. Knights of the Magical Articulated news is that time of the podcast when we look back at any announcements um, that have been made this week, any events in the uh, toy industry. And if you would like to follow along with the stories that we are talking about, head over to actionfigureblues.com and find the episode 197 post, uh, because the links to everything that we're talking about with images, etc., are in there. And Ben, you have got our first news item, so over to you. Well, thank you, sir. Um, the folks at Pop Culture Shock, Jerry and his team, are uh, cranking stuff out pretty fast. And I was actually thinking the other day that, gosh, these guys get a lot of stuff out quickly. But then I realized, you know, they don't have a whole lot of licenses, so it just feels like they're doing an awful lot. <laughs> but um, no sooner do we seem to announce one quarter-scale statue um, from Street Fighter or Mortal Kombat than hot on the heels comes another. And uh, that's what happened this week when Pop Culture Shock uh, announced the next statue in their one-quarter scale Street Fighter series, and it is Nash. And uh, it shows that they're getting right down into the depths of these characters because they've already done uh, an awful lot of characters from 
uh, from this license. And so they're getting into some of the slightly more obscure ones. So um, Nash is the guy who uh, is a member of the, uh, the US Air Force and was the, the mentor of Guile and uh, Jean-Claude Van Damme. And um, this is a mixed media piece. So he's got some uh, pretty sexy duds going on. Um, there's actually quite a bit of mixed media with this one. He's got, you know, the pants and vest happening and a really, really nice pair of spectacles. I was actually looking at those and thought how well-crafted they look for a, a quarter-scale statue. So he looks pretty good and all his kind of Frankenstein, well, Frankenstein's monster glory. So um, this is uh, Pop Culture Shocks, so you're going to get multiple variations of this statue. So uh, if you get over to their website, there's uh, various exclusives and that sort of thing. He'll set you back about $375, and he will be available in the last quarter of 2016, just in time for Christmas. So, yeah, it looks pretty good. So, Do you ever imagine that in, say, 80 years' time, when people are watching their TV shows on laser crabs or whatever the technology <laughs> is that we use to view, there'll laser be like crabs. a... <laughs> There'll be like a antiques roadshow type show where someone takes this statue yeah. up to like some <laughs> person who hasn't even been born yet who will be the old collector then who'll say like, oh, this is from Street Fighter. It was a obscure <laughs> character for the time, but you can tell here by the base it was pop culture shock. Like I... Some of these really obscure mm. big-end items, I just mm-hmm. wonder what's going to happen to them later in life when the owners pass on. Oh, and- my gosh. I <laughs> love it. That, like, go about 200 years. That's, but speaking of my, you know, in-laws, as was before, they are addicted to Antiques Roadshow. They call it The Roadshow. And yes. I find it the freaking most depressing show <laughs> to watch because they do the whole story and they'll be like oh you know this morsel of a piece of china whatever's been in our family forever and it's you know priceless to us and they go yes well it's worth nothing um <laughs> you know or they, they tell it's worth a lot and they go oh well, of course i'd never sell it and you're like well then why are you doing this like <laughs> i've seen a couple where people have been surprised i know that one lady had a uh there was a, a set of earrings, a necklace, and a brooch, I think, and it was came from her great grandmother and has passed down the generations. Yeah, yeah. And the the fellow said, "You do realise they're diamonds?" And she said, "Oh, I didn't think they were diamonds. I thought they were such and such." She said, "Oh no, they're diamonds." And she said, "Oh really?" And um, and he said, "Oh blah blah blah," and it ended up being made by somebody you know famous in the early eighteen hundreds or whatever. And he said, "Oh, you know, at auction today, you'd probably get close to one hundred and fifty thousand pounds." <gasps> and uh, the poor woman just about passed out. I bet. <laughs> oh, she she said, oh, I, "I just I wear them to bingo." <laughs> so, <laughs> so yeah, it was pretty um pretty amazing. My um, favourite was one when it used to be on the radio. It was like a version of it that was on the radio here. And they had some guy who was looking at uh, a plate or that, and he was just because he had to describe it over the radio. And the antique guy was like, okay, um, can you turn it around and give a description of like the symbol that's on the bottom of it? And you could sort of hear fluffing on the phone and then just a giant <laughs> smash noise. No. And he'd uh, drop the plate and just. <laughs> <laughs> oh, how terrible. Nice. Nice. <laughs> um, speak, just to go back to the Nash thing for the moment, did, uh, did I can't remember if you mentioned there's also a player two exclusive. Uh, it usually is, yeah. There yeah. is, in, if, yeah. you, if you scroll yeah. down. I think that's um, his shadow. The, the, I think they was called shadow or something like yeah. that. But I think yeah. that's really clever that 
little kind of twist on these, the player two stuff. Mm, mm. You know, not hard, particularly with this one because of the mixed media. So it's just different, you know, yeah, clothes. Yeah. Yeah. And they do, um, they do occasionally think outside the box. These guys, like when they did uh, Edmund Honda, the um, the sumo wrestler guy. Um, you know, there's him in his normal sort of, um, uh, you know, what it's skin tone. Um, but then they do him in sort of the, the traditional makeup. So he's white with the red stripes and things like that. So, you know, when you do get a variant, it is actually a pretty cool, you know, variant. So Yeah. Hmm. All right. Good. Well, moving on, uh, next up is uh, something from the three zero guys in their 1-6 scale, and they're continuing the Game of Thrones 1-6 scale series. And they have... Uh, Put up Jamie Lannister for pre-order, and uh, I really like it. I really like it. This um, this figure is just beautiful. The, the work they've done. So for those people who don't know, you know, the, the Kingslayer, such as uh, he is, has quite the uh, the ornate set of armor and uh, whatnot, and that's uh, beautifully replicated here. Um, he's got his little sort of scale mail thing hanging down, and there's. Um, there's a lot going on with this outfit, and I yeah. think John would be very pleased because he looks quite dirty and beaten. Like his um, his long white cloak is actually quite dusty, and his boots are quite um, dirty and whatnot. And some of the armor looks like it could use a good polish. But um, I think what blew me away about this was it's a really, really nice looking figure, but it's only one hundred and ninety dollars. Huh. And I thought that was pretty darn reasonable for a figure that's got this amount of tooling in it. So that's very cool. Yeah. Yeah, so not a, a huge amount of extras. I guess we've just been spoiled by that other company. Um, but, you know, it looks like he's got uh, a few bits and pieces. He's certainly got his famous sword, uh, the matching dagger, uh, a few bits and pieces. But, uh, yeah, I quite like it. I don't like the neckline on his jerkin. <laughs> well, I mean, this is where things always seem to come apart with some of these, you know, like the 12-inch figures is, you know, stitching is still stitching, so... You know, yes. the, the stitching on his clothes look like they're about sort of a centimetre or if not more apart. But then again, you know, back then they wouldn't have had um, you know, fine sewing machines. I think the portrait looks quite good too. Yeah. So hmm. I never remember this dude's name. So. Nicolaj Costa Waldau. That's the one. Gesundheit. <laughs> yeah, very nice. I like that. And um, you can get that sometime uh, around third quarter 2016. Very cool. I'm not looking at it anymore because I don't want to get tempted. Um, I'm still in the 1-6 scale space and uh, Interbay, who have been doing some pretty nifty stuff over the years um, and are having a lot of fun with the Bruce Lee licence, have announced a 1-6 scale real masterpiece, Bruce Lee 75th anniversary figure. So if you haven't got one of the many Bruce Lee figures out there, this is your opportunity to get one. Um, this is Bruce from Game of Death, so he's in his famous um, yellow workout gear and uh, for 239 uh, $240 um, actually comes with quite a, a few extras you actually get a pretty decent sort of diorama uh, instead of the usual sort of thing multiple hands you get his um, his nunchaku uh, what I thought was quite amusing was the um, was the the vase with fragments so so huh. you can actually uh, relive the uh, the broken vase. Thoughts with fragments, etc. <laughs> yeah, I right. love it. Um, very nice portrait. Um, it looks quite good. What I actually liked in particular about the portrait is uh, he's got that sort of sweaty look. So they've actually managed to capture sort of those sweaty strands of hair stuck to the side of his face. Um, and of course, with something like this, you know, you have to have the swap out hands too. You have to have the various bits and pieces. So there's uh, obviously the open palms, the fists, 
Um, you actually get quite a few. So I think there's about 10 hands all up, uh, including obviously ones to hold the weapons and whatnot. It'd actually be really cool if you could get, um, uh, I think, is it Enter Enter Bay that do the basketball figures? I want to say yes. So, yeah, I wonder if they've done a Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Yes, (laughs) I'd love it. Yeah, they are. Yeah, You could go and match them up. Um, I just have to say in really mature commentary that uh, the first promo photo that uh, of this, um, the crease in his yellow trousers is really poorly positioned. Uh, <laughs> it, it caused yeah. me to do uh, quite a double take um, after our red card a couple of weeks ago of mm. anatomically correct figures. I was like, wow, oh, that's just a crease. Okay, Maybe it's yeah. a uh, requirement from the Bruce Lee estate or something. It's got to be anatomically <gasps> correct or oh, dear. I don't know. So we're heading into dangerous territories now. We so. sure are, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. I really like it. And uh, this one, you don't have to wait long. This will be out first quarter 2016, and I think it looks pretty darn nifty. That is cool. That's me. Love it. I believe, Adam, you are our next reporter, so over to you. Hooray. Hooray. Uh, my first item is from Prime Studio One. They have started teasing their Ironhide polystone statue. So this is Ironhide the Transformer. It's the Transformers, the first Transformers movie version of him. Um, he's quite a large unit, <laughs> to say the least. So it'll be 24 inches tall. It'll have uh, LED light-up functions on the head, LED light-up functions on both arm cannons, uh, and an LED function on his chest. Uh, he has radial launches and an exclusive brawl head. If this sounds like it's your kind of thing, let me warn you, there are... 500 of these in a limited edition, and it's only going to set you back $1,600 US. I, um, I have to give full credit to a company that would attempt something like this. Yeah. I, I can only imagine the production that is involved in getting something like this together. Um, I mean, you, know, you, don't just, you don't just run this thing through a mould and then paint it up. Like there's some serious assembly going on here. That's, that's impressive. I just um, look at it and think so many things that could break. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. The thing is with um, Prime One Studio, I, they've already done um, Optimus Prime and, and Megatron, et cetera, and they're already going for huge bucks on the secondary market. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, it might, might be a lot to um, to put forward now, but, you know, go out there and try and get a um, an Optimus Prime to go with this guy and see how much you're up for. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So, yeah, uh, it looks beautiful. I just couldn't possibly consider by, uh, paying for that, but there we go. Hmm. Um, moving on, we have from Yamato USA a Dead Moon uh, figure. So this one is another 21-inch figure. It's a uh, statue, obviously, and it's of uh, Dead Moon, as I understand it. And she will set you back $360 and will be available in January or February 2016. But, yeah, hmm. she's... So she's got all the, the all the drapery, as you love to call it, Ben. Looks like it's really well done. Um, there's almost boobage for Scott, so it's, uh, I think <laughs> this is almost Scott family friendly. <laughs> almost. I, I'm not um, familiar with the source material. Is this a? Yes. Um, nor am I. Okay. Well, it's Louis Royale, who's um, you know legendary for his sexy pinup sort of thing, and contributed many a cover to um, heavy metal. But um, Yamato seem to be all over the place with the stuff they do. I know they've got a Louis Royo license, and so that's we've got quite a few Royo girls um, 
coming out from Yamato. Huh. But, uh, I'll be I'd be impressed to see if I mean I'm just looking at the the, the promo shots and you look at the um, whatever it is the silk thing that's covering her sort of her chest you know down towards her belly button and I mean that all looks um, photoshopped. Yeah. That does that looks airbrushed to me. Yeah. So I, I'd be very impressed if they could actually produce a piece with this finer detail. You look at that tattoo on her forehead and it's incredibly fine. So, okay, maybe they'd tampo that on, but you look at her red um, jacket that she's wearing and there's all this gold, you know, fine gold on it. And yeah, I don't know. I'd be interested to see if they could pull that off in the final production. Mm. But very nice. Not for me. Yes. No, not for me either. My final piece of news is from NECA that they are releasing a die-cast set of Alien slash Aliens vehicles. Uh, this is in the Cinema Machines line. So the first four, we have the dropship from Aliens. We have the APC from Aliens. We have the derelict ship from Alien. And we have the fossilized space jockey from Alien. These are all um, five, six inches long and made from die-cast metal plastic combinations so you can get a lot of them for $80 or you can try and pick and choose what you want and see how you go. The derelict ship goes for $20, the space jockey is $25, the drop ship and the APC are $27 each. Um, so they may be a little bit more expensive than you want for something that you're going to take in the bath and start talking about being in the pipe five by five. Oh, Adam. <laughs> I like how the um, I like how the dropship actually has the APC in it. A so, smaller APC. Yeah. yeah, it's got a smaller APC coming out the front. That's very mm. cool. I love these designs. I just think the dropship and everything is just a, a fantastic looking, um, <laughs> you know, sci-fi vehicle. And you know, the APC, which was actually a real, real working vehicle. James Cameron said that he actually wanted it to be a working vehicle, but it weighed something like twenty tons by the time they finished it. <laughs> So, yeah, pretty cool. Not for me. I mean, it's, you know, no. kind of too small to have, like, you know, matchbox cars for 27 bucks each. Yeah. I was um, trying to think, because uh, this is sort of the start of a new line, what other of uh, Necker's lines they might be able to turn uh, into. Terminator comes to mind with the um, the Hunter Killers, like the tracked ones and the flying ones. Yeah, you could do a good Arnie on a bike with the uh, Mack truck. Yeah, yeah. thousand one coming through. Yeah, true, true. <laughs> mm. I love it. Well, that's all for me, folks. It must be Eddie. My turn, Cole. Um, <laughs> and my first bit of news comes from Medicom, and that is the reveal of the miracle action figure Hulk Buster. So this is number twenty in their MAFX line. Uh, and he's standing about 10 inches and a half tall. He's looking to set you back around 270 US dollars. And he looks uh, incredible, if you pardon the pun. Uh, so he is a giant figure of the Hulkbuster from Age of Ultron. He's got a removable helmet that has an Iron Man bust in underneath. <laughs> Uh, looks like plenty of swap out arms and hands and uh, different feet mechanic there to reenact those classic poses from the film. And he just looks like a monster. And I think he's 
The second one, because we're also going to be getting a figure arts version of him, has been mm. hinted at down the line. So definitely a lot of Hulkbuster action coming in this year. That finish on it is beautiful. That that metallic. Yeah. It's very nice indeed. But then again, it'd want to at two hundred and seventy bucks. Mm. Mm. He's yeah, definitely uh powder and I can't see anywhere mentioned, but I'd assume this big in that price is gonna have LED lights in there that come through, but nothing's hinted at or really shown. <clears throat> I, I wouldn't bet on it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's a shame if it doesn't. But still, a, a very impressive piece. If uh, you have the means to acquire one, he might uh, fit in quite well uh, in your Legends one there as your ultimate Hulkbuster piece. Now, speaking of armoured people, my second uh, bit of news for the night comes from an indie film that will be getting released uh, very shortly here. And that's by J.J. Abrams. It's a little film <laughs> called Star Wars The Force Awakens. And, not uh, getting much press. Yeah. No. I'm glad we're not, giving it a so, bit of attention. So we're going <laughs> to mention it here. They've had to go outside of the West to procure toy licenses, it seems, because they're mm. working with an Asian company called of Hot Toys. Uh, and this... <laughs> is a storm trooper uh, and he is chromed out here so this is the hot toys copper chrome version storm trooper that we all know and love and is a fan favorite uh he looks to be pretty much just a uh recasting of the storm trooper we've got in the past but with this copper chrome uh, over him so he looks like your grandmother's kettle uh, he's taking on the rebellion here. He also comes with a blaster, a stand, and swappable hands. Uh, but yeah, he he definitely goes into the odd choices that Hot Toys does make from time to time, like that cow war machine they had a few years ago, uh, which I believe was also this one is an Asia exclusive. Uh, so he seems to fall into that line. But uh, what do you guys think of? Uh, Oh, it looks fantastic. I mean, the, the finish on it is beautiful. The, the copper chrome does look really, really good. But, you know, it's kind of like a lot to, to track down and, and pay for for something that just looks looks nice but doesn't actually hold any real sort of pop culture yeah, reference. And, and do you reckon this is them going for sort of a bronze statue look or is this them, do you think, jumping in on the popularity of Phasma? <sighs> I don't know. I mean, you know, I half expected when I, I saw the release, the press release, that, you know, that this was like the um, Stormtrooper from the Star Wars Battlefront, you know, with the red stripes on it. And I thought, oh, okay, you know, that's that's from a game. So I just presumed that this was from something in the expanded universe. But um, to my knowledge, it's not. It just kind of is. Yeah. So... Like a choice, but um, look, it takes all sorts, and uh, I'm sure it floats somebody's boat out there. And like mentioned with the Prime One Ironhide, uh, these things generally don't go down in value, they go up. So uh, if you're sitting on the fence, uh, it's usually better to acquire, and then if you don't like it, sell later, then grab later. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. Uh, uh, definitely uh, interesting. Uh, the other rum. The other thing with these, though, is, you know, they, they say something like, you know, it's the Asia exclusive or it's this and this. And I remember when Hot Toys did one of the, did the Shadow Predator 
and that was an Asian convention exclusive. And I thought, oh, man, like this, I'm never going to be able to get this figure. I'm going to have to pay a fortune for it through um, uh, through eBay, <coughs> eBay or something like that. And then I think about a month later, it was solicited through Sideshow for normal price. So <laughs> don't, you know, don't go rushing yeah. out and pay a fortune on eBay. So I think uh, my general rule is if friend of the show, Arnie Cavallo, uh, orders it, <laughs> then you're going to get it a lot cheaper uh, here through Sideshow. If uh, he doesn't, then it, it'll be hard to find. Yeah, that's, right. uh, that's what history seems to teach us with the cooler. The cooler. Uh, <laughs> and speaking of cool things, my last bit of news, uh, which is something we haven't really talked about too often on this show, it's a third-party item. Uh, so just to catch people up, if you're... Uh, haven't come across third party before. It's basically people making licensed edition, uh, unlicensed editions to a property, uh, mm. which this uh, guy is. It's uh, Dr. Wu. He's probably one of the most famous uh, in the third party Transformer world. Uh, he's very well known for doing extra accessories for Transformers and different heads and weapons and parts. He generally doesn't do whole Transformers himself. Uh, but this one that he's shown off this time is his only human figures. And these only human figures, they're standing uh, probably less than an inch tall, but they look remarkably like the characters that appeared in the 80s Transformer cartoons when a bunch of Transformers were turned into humans. So uh, if you were to assume that these characters are those characters, you'd be looking at uh, Springer, uh, Hot Rod, Ultra Magnus, and RC is the last one I always forget uh, here. So uh, all set up. So you could purchase these and put them alongside your Transformers. But uh, another additional note is this is also the episode that a character called Old Snake appeared in, uh, who is very strongly believed to be uh, the Cobra Commander. Uh, ladies, it's uh, very well hinted that that character is Cobra Commander, voiced by the same voice actor and all these subtle hints to Cobra in there. Uh, so this might also be something for G.I. Joe uh, collectors to look at, uh, particularly if he ends up doing an old snake later on, and an old snake is being done by the G.I. Joe Collector Club. Uh, and they probably won't be in scale with uh, G.I. Joe's, but, yeah, definitely something to take note of there. But I'm very impressed with the amount of detail he's managed to get in these very tiny figures. Mm. Yeah. No, they look good. That's yeah. fun stuff. I still don't understand how they get away with it, but... Yeah. <laughs> it's a it's a very great area. A lot of it, um, particularly, they, there's tons and tons of it in the Transformers world and mm. it's because it's very, very hard uh, to uh, basically enforce copyright on robots. Yeah. Uh, they, they can make them quite different while at the same time making them very much the same. So mm. uh, it's, it's a very weird, very <laughs> weird and also Transformers having a weird copyright themselves in yeah. mm. who has full control, which I'll get into in the toy history. I won't... Uh, Bore you guys Boris with you. Boris yeah. later. You're Boris later. Boris later. later. Yeah. Excellent. Legal talk, people. Everyone's favourite stuff. Oh, yay. <laughs> yay. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've got some news items to uh, wrap up this section. First of all, DC has been 
doing, I think, quite a good job of leveraging the success of the bombshells uh, concept, um, not just through the uh, bombshell statues from DC Collectibles, but obviously in licensing the bombshells stuff as well. Um, these are is stuff that is pin-up work from Aunt Lucia, um, but when it's under the DC bombshell, bombshells um, label, I assume whether it's joint licensing or whether they own the... I'm sure they're making the most money out of it anyway. And um, they have... Uh, Cryptozoic Entertainment has announced some bombshells vinyl figures right now. There's Wonder Woman, Catwoman, and uh, Harley. And these are, I think if you're interested in the kind of bombshell concept but don't want to fork out money for the statues, then these could be more your thing. These are um, decent-sized vinyl figures, uh, you know, around kind of 7.5 to 8 inches tall, and they're retailing for around $30 US. Um, so not highly detailed, but definitely, um, you know, probably kind of similar to the vinyl Vixens you know, type thing, a bit smaller. Um, but it'll be interesting to see... Uh, what kind of um, packaging, etc. they come in. The Wonder Woman, I think, is quite cute. So these are variants of variants. So, you know, variants of a theme. So let's let's do a... Yeah. So they would be um, bobbleheads that are based on statues that are based on pin-up art pin up. that are based on variants <laughs> of DC yeah. comic I think, properties, I think, yeah, the, the, which Harley a, Quinn is a cartoon character from a licensed TV show <laughs> based from the Batman. Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think you know, the, it all stems back to the um, artwork, and everything um, is based off that. So, I mean, you know, they've got a comic series now, so yeah, um, yeah they take it on a life of their own. So good on them. Um, yeah. Still, you know, these aren't. I suppose one reason why I'm not super excited about these is that uh, the Harley and Catwoman are probably my two least favorite mm. in terms of, you know, they're just too removed from the characters for me to kind of think, oh, wow, that's blah. Yeah. Well, for me too, like the, you know, the Wonder Woman is something that I could buy in my Miss Seven. Yeah. And she'd love that. Yeah. But then there's not a way, no way in hell I'm buying that Catwoman. No, no. So. Yeah. Yeah. I'm still, you know, I'm still waiting for, the next iteration of Bombshell's Catwoman, you know, as a statue is one I might mm. buy because, but yeah, I mean, that's, that's cool. Like it's obviously, it's a thing, but you know, again, if you like this stuff and you like the idea of owning um, a toy version of them, but don't do statues or don't have that kind of money, then this is an option for you, which is quite mm. cool. Yeah. Um, and then on to um, something quite different, Walking Dead. Uh, is still pumping out the figures, and um, they have announced an exclusive Alpha figure. Um, Alpha, now I've stopped reading the comics, um, but I believe that she's the new big bad. Um, obviously very sad because she has no hair. And um, I don't get what the, the black and white Alpha she wears a mask of some yeah, kind. Yeah, oh, okay. I think it's swappable heads. They come with most of these um, ones they've done through Skybound, except for the Negan. I think have had swappable heads. Yeah, these are two different figures: the the the, the color one and then the black and white one, which is pretty common. They with mm. the comic yeah. figures, they tend to do both um, versions. Um, so yeah, if you are still enjoying the comic series 
um, choice, then you'll have your choice of alphas. Um, the black and white one comes with an alternate head, but then there is hey. there is a color version one as well. We also need to point out it's a bloody black and white version. Oh, thank you, bloody black and white. Yeah, yeah. and that doesn't mean like you know that damn black and white <laughs> thing. Um, you know, it means it's actually blood splattered. Yeah, let's do blood splatter, and then we'll make it black and black white. Black and white, yeah. Let's I, make it yeah. more effective. Ah. Anyway, <laughs> they often do a black and white non-blood splattered and a mm. black and white blood splattered. <laughs> no, they they stopped doing the black and white one without the blood. So, yeah, they've oh, they've kept the blood ones going because I actually collect the black and white ones. Okay, um, because that's uh, it's nerdy. But yeah, they're the comic accurate uh, ones. I'm with you. Yeah, uh, and also, with they you. were yeah. the cheaper ones to track down <laughs> when that first wave started going for ridiculous money. But um, yeah, they the first wave had the just plain black and white versions, and then huh. they they sort of stopped doing them and then yeah it's just been the bloody ones that continued which is a bit of a shame because just playing black and white would be better but yeah. oh yeah for sure <laughs> yeah. there you go but that's the latest in the um mcfarlane walking dead comic series line and then something completely different um funko is giving the uh, original um charlie and the chocolate factory uh willy wonka film the gene wilder version the both the pop and the vinyl idol treatment so at the moment you can get a Willy Wonka or an Oompa Loompa pop vinyl, and then you can get a Willy Wonka vinyl idol. Um, and I think that that um, vinyl idol looks fabulous. It's got so bad. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's got yeah. a real the the real Gene Wilder kind of feel about it. I it's like it. Tra- it's translated. I love Gene Wilder. I was disappointed yeah. when he retired. Yeah. Um, but there you go. I, I can't imagine that we would get beyond that. But if you've been hanging out for a Willy Wonka or a Oompa Loompa pop or Vinyl Idol, then your dreams have come true. And Wuzzy Wuzzy was a woman. <laughs> <laughs> that Willy Wonka used to, I don't know if I've said this story, but I used to have a tape of Willy Wonka that was just taped off the TV and it ended when they went in the tunnel. And oh, like, is it raining? Is it snowing? And they had like the chip chicken getting its head chopped off, and that's where the tape cut out. So wow. I thought they died in the tunnel. I thought that's it was not very dark, at all. Yeah. horrible, <laughs> like horror. So because you had that slug guy, and then they got in, and <laughs> the kids aimed it. Yeah, I, I always thought it was a horror film for years and years. Wow, oh, just to laugh. <laughs> <laughs> that's fabulous. I love it. And then last from me, Gentle Giant has um, started announcing some Force Awakens merch, starting with an Episode 7 1-6 scale First Order Deluxe, First Order Stormtrooper Deluxe mini bust. Hmm. What's 1-6 scale mini bust? That's just like a... Well, the Gentle Giant ones guess. are big, aren't they? They are, yeah. They're, yeah, you're They're right. Marvel They're Marvel ones were, yeah. Yeah, so it doesn't actually say the height of it, um, but it looks suitably... First order stormtrooper-y. <laughs> Fair enough. And as you can see, we are full of words about it. Yeah, um, I, I just I think we've said everything we can on this stormtrooper design. Yeah. I think most of the new designs, I, I, I just can't believe that they've managed to um, deliver these fantastic new versions. But mm. 
you know, oh, there's no way I'm extending my collecting world to, um, you know, busts as well. So to those people that are diehard Star Wars fanatics, you know, good luck to you. But uh, no, I won't be. Well, I mean, actually, I think it, it could be good because I, now I'm not big into the bust world myself. Wait, that came out kind of wrong. Um, <laughs> but mini busts, not so much yeah, into the, the mini busts. No, yeah. I, all, yeah. all shapes and sizes can be good. But, you know, so people have their interests. <laughs> and I know those that are very uh into the minibus particularly in star wars it was a big one oh, yeah. there for gentle giant for years and years yeah. and i think they've sort of lightened on the amount they've been releasing so with this new film and new product and new characters coming out it might be yeah. a return to the glory days for those minibus collectors so it's, it's good news for them yeah. and if it sells well i think they'll continue to do really good things because um I remember seeing a lot of the Gentle Giant Star Wars busts and that, thinking that they were fantastic, and I just wasn't going to take the plunge. And um, you know, the I think it was was it the Zombie Trooper or the Death Trooper or whatever the, the mm. Storm Trooper was dead, etc. So they've done some clever stuff in the past. Hmm. All right, well that wraps up the news for this episode. We will take a short break and then hand over to John for the next installment of everybody's favorite podcast game, Name That. Hey guys, it's John back again with another exciting installment of everybody's favorite podcast game and name that. I'm a little under the weather this week, so please forgive my voice if it sounds like I've been smoking a pack a day here for a month. It is not true, but um, I do feel a little under the weather, so uh, please forgive me. Anyway, last time I left you, we heard this description. To blank, man the craft. There's a cable that attaches a to figure of the or the rocket module. Rocket module can also ride P back on the mothership. And it goes on, and I didn't say this originally. Three button control panel makes blast off sound, communication sound, and warning sounds. Um, Hellbot actually came in and made a guess on this one, and it was good to hear from Hellbot because I was worried about him. And he guessed the G.I. Joe Defiant, which, if you're not familiar, is the giant space shuttle that uh, was from the G.I. Joe line, which was a really good guess because um, it isn't G.I. Joe, but it is a space shuttle. It is the Alpha Probe from the Adventure People. Um, this was a space shuttle type thing. It had an astronaut and they had this little cord thing you could plug in and he would float out in space or there was another little module that went in it. It was a really cool thing. Um, it was electronic. It was probably one of the more involved um, of the adventure people, um, vehicles, most of them weren't electronic. So, uh, this, this was kind of an unusual thing. And back in the day, it was the salty price of 2588. So, you know, you're talking up in the millennium Falcon type range for two figures in a vehicle. Uh, so, uh, you know, it was, it was up there with the electronics. And, uh, as of recording this, nobody has got this one. Um, you know, it, it, uh, kind of stump some people and you know i don't i don't actually ever know anybody that had that one so if you had it as a kid write in and tell us what you thought anyway we probably will give you another chance here to to make up for it if you didn't know that one um and the one we will make up for it with is all-terrain exploration vehicle travels on wheels has rotating turret gun to deal with menacing aliens 
Hatch opens on detailed interior that fits three and three-quarter inch action figures like five and seven to the right. Figures shown are not included. Hmm. Well, that could be a lot of different things from a lot of different lines. And uh, this isn't one that uh, gets talked about a whole lot. So uh, even when it is talked about, this particular item maybe isn't one of the most talked about. So... If you think you can figure out what that is, you know what you do? You come on over to AFB Forum. That's AFBForum.com. You make a guess, and if you get your guess right, you get forum points. And if you get enough forum points right, you get, um, uh, I don't even know what you're getting right now. Probably, um, uh, Christmas socks. Yeah. Not, not like stockings, just like socks that say Christmas on them. And, and you probably only will get one. Um, because I think that's how they come. I'm not really too sure. Anyway, I hope you guys are all having having good holidays and uh, as we head into December. So, um, uh, you know, have, have fun, take care, and come over and make guesses. And you know what? If those guesses are too hard, come on over to tvandfilmtoys.com on Tuesdays and Thursdays. We play the picture version when I get around to doing it. And that hasn't been recently because I've been sick. But I'm hoping to get back to that this week. So come on over, check it out, and... Um, you know, make your guesses in the forum and you still get, you still get those coveted forum points. So it's good all the way around. And that's just about enough for me. So I will say peace out. Fisher Price presents The Adventure People Toys for your older kids There's the Northwoods Trailblazer Ready for his adventures Or the Daredevil Skydiver To go as high as a child can toss him And the TV Action Team To play with on its own Or with any of our 13 other Adventure People toys The Adventure People and their TV Action Team Comes complete as shown Other sets sold separately By Fisher Price well, now it's time for one of our feature segments, Toy of the Week. This is where we take a toy and look at it uh, in detail. It might be something new, something big, something interesting. And uh, this one, I think, fills all of those uh, categories. So, Ben, over to you. Thank you, Scott. Um, I'll probably preface this Toy of the Week quickly by saying, you know, if you go back far enough in the, the, the podcast um, or some of our discussions uh, I can certainly remember us talking, you know, way back in the day. I think we we were even doing wish lists, uh, and I said that if they did Star Wars in six inch, that I'd definitely support it. And I think one of the discussions that sort of spun out of that was, you know, how are they going to do vehicles, you know, in the six inch scale? And and we said, well, you know, we could probably get, um, you know, a, a Tauntaun and a speeder bike, and you know, at a stretch, maybe a, a land speeder or a, a snow speeder. And I thought, well, you know, that'd actually be pretty cool, and. Uh, I said at the time that, you know, I would probably get them um, to show my support because, you know, that means that uh, it gives, you know, Hasbro the incentive to do uh, others down the track. And, uh, boy, did I get a surprise at the San Diego Comic-Con this year when they showed the uh, the six-inch black TIE Fighter. Um, I know Hot Toys went one better, but uh, at least this one sort of had a chance at production for a, a reasonable cost. So, look, I was pretty blown away by that, just the idea of the, the six-inch scale TIE Fighter, and um, I decided at the time that I wasn't going to get the Episode 7 figures, certainly not before I had seen the movie, but um, 
uh, I fell down that hill in a big way, um, slippery slope and all, uh, really started to, to get into collecting the, those uh, waves of figures. Um, and I'm loving them. You know, I, I recently reviewed the, uh, the Snow Trooper officer and I thought the updated design was fantastic. Um, you know, really enjoying that sort of stuff. And so then, you know, I decided I absolutely had to have the TIE fighter uh, and I started looking. And, uh, yeah, that got disappointing very, very quickly because um, getting it shipped out from the US wasn't an option um, simply because of the freight costs, uh, et cetera. And then, of course, you know, it's, it's not just the fact that the exchange rate at whatever the purchase price is, you've got the exchange rate on the shipping as well. So it really does work out pretty sad. Um, and in true Australian retail style, uh, I couldn't actually find it at any of our retail places until someone... I believe it might have even been Eddie was the first person to tell me that it showed up at um, Meyer, which is one of our sort of um, slightly higher-end department stores um, here yeah, in diff- Australia. different to the US Meyer. Yes. That, you know, yeah, very different. Yes, so it turned up at Meyer, and um, the price was, um, well, you know, it was pretty revolting. Um, I have to say I was a bit disappointed. <laughs> um but, you know, I started to stalk it. My local Maya didn't actually have any. And when I contacted Maya, they said it was just something that went to the big stores um, around the country. So Sydney, Melbourne uh, and Brisbane. And uh, so, yeah, I hadn't actually seen it anywhere. And I just happened to be walking through Maya the other day when, sure enough, I saw this uh, giant black box. And I thought, wow, they've actually got it. And I went up and had a bit of a look and got chatting to the guy at the counter. And, you know, he said that they got a few in. Um, I... A couple of days later, I actually went and saw the new James Bond, went and saw Spectre, um, and I meandered my way through Meyer on the way back to the car when I noticed that um, there was a bit of a sale on. Um, so I guess, you know, don't don't judge me, guys, here, um, but I'll just confess up front, um, I ended up buying three of them. So <laughs> What? <laughs> so, okay, I'll, I'll tell you the whole story. Um, Meyer actually had a buy two toys, get one free. Of the oh. same or lesser value. Uh, <laughs> okay. Yeah. No, <laughs> so I'm, I'm okay. I went up to the counter and I said to this young guy, and I said, "Oh, that that Tie Fighter over there." I said, um, "Would that be included in the buy two get one free?" And he went, "Oh, yeah, yeah." He's really sort of quite, you know, laughing and chatty. And then suddenly his face got really serious, and he went, oh. "Holy crap, man! You're going to save a fortune." <laughs> 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 and I said, "Yes, yes, I will." <laughs> So uh, he said, I'll actually have to check if we've got three. So um, he had the one on display and he went off and he found two more. Um, The other really good thing that came out of that is, um, uh, you know, it's quite a long story, but I'll just cut to the chase and say that um, I occasionally do um, some some speaking work at at some some training sessions and stuff. And even though I do it out of the, the kindness of my heart, they always give me a gift card. Um, for doing it and I say you don't have to and they say no 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 take it and as it turns out I've had about a hundred dollars in gift cards to um to Maya so um between the buy two get one free and then taking another hundred dollars off of that price um they actually worked out very very um reasonably priced in the scheme of things um and so I knew I could probably offload one straight away which I have um, and I've now got um, two left. And uh, to be honest, you know, I've opened one up. And if the other one, you know, if somebody wants it, they want it. And if they don't, I probably won't be that concerned. So, um, yes. So anyway, I ended up with three of them in the back of the car. So that was fun driving home with these three giant boxes. All right. Well, I've continued uh, 
Gone How much is a uh, train ticket to Canberra? It might be cheaper <laughs> for me to go up and grab that off than buy one. It could be. It could be. And look, um, as I said, I don't have a name penciled in, right? So uh, do let me know if you know anyone who is uh, transporting, you know, one way or the other. And um, that that actually makes sense because I did see you put up on social media, hey, <laughs> Maya has a buy one, and it means that it works out to be two hundred something dollars and here here in victoria we had a buy one say but it was buy one toy get one 50 percent off Uh, which would have made it three hundred dollars which was when i was looking at your one saying um (laughs) i was thinking like is is someone getting like is he charging them extra for grabbing this like the the money doesn't seem to work out here and and, but then okay you guys had a different sale that's why it worked yes so yeah, the guy was pretty blown away, so that was good. All right, well, moving on to the actual review. Um, so, yes, this is the uh, the Star Wars Black 6-inch First Order TIE Fighter by Hasbro, uh, released this year, and uh, I picked it up uh, just last week. Um, I guess it's an action figure vehicle. And, look, I'm just going to start off by saying it's, um, you know, you've seen photos of this thing on the net and... They just don't do it justice in terms of the size. Like you, you just can't get a feel for how big this thing is until you actually see it in front of you. You hold it in your hands and feel the weight of it, etc. Um, but look, I'll, I'll give it a go. If you if you put it on the kitchen bench um, and you measure it from um, the bottom of the wing right up to the top, it's um, it's 25 inches, so about 63 centimeters um, high. Uh, if you are standing in front and you measure the width, it's about 20 inches, which is about 51 centimeters wide. And then if you're looking at it from the side and you're looking at the wings, it's, um, it's about the same. It's about 20 inches across from the, the, the widest point in the wing to the widest point in the, on the other side of the wing. So, um, it's actually pretty darn huge. Uh, in the US, these go for about 180 bucks, a bit cheaper if you, you look around and maybe even do the Amazon thing. Um, which, you know, look, uh, We'll probably talk about value a little bit later, but, um, yeah, we'll see how we go. Uh, in terms of packaging, the box on this thing is a monster. Um, it didn't come as much of a surprise to me as a, as a statue collector because it's, um, uh, it's in the vicinity of some premium format statues, but as far as just toys go, I don't have anything that matches this box. Um, not my, you know, my Ninja Turtle um, sewer lair playset or uh, my, you know, my BFG Millennium Falcon, etc. Um, this box is just massive. It's a, it's a very big box because it's also quite deep as well. Um, it's not really. It, this is definitely a collector box. Uh, it doesn't have lots of um, you know cartoony pictures and stuff that that would attract kids. And obviously, I guess for the price, and I mean the you know the Star Wars Black series isn't really aimed at that market anyway. So uh, it's quite a dull but sort of slick looking box. Um, some really nice sort of uh, artwork on it with a, a shot of the toy. Um, there's a window in the bottom right corner that shows the, the tie pilot uh, as well who comes with it. Um, so it's all sort of really nicely done. It's kind of in the same theme as the actual Star Wars black six-inch figures, um, even to the point where I couldn't believe they did it to me, but with my OCD with numbering, on the side of the box is a gigantic <laughs> zero one. Oh no! Um, yes, yes, and uh, to to show the same kind of numbering as the actual six-inch figure box. Oh. So um, I thought that was pretty poor of them to do that because that'll um that'll get my eye twitching. Um, in terms of being collector friendly, uh, it's a it's a really weird packaging. Um, when you open one end, the end where the uh, the tie pilot is, and um, you know you open the flap and pull up the two, you know the little flaps 
etc. Um, there's a nice little sort of um, box that the tie pilot sits in, and that actually slips out separately. Um, so you can pull him out without actually removing everything else, and, and then you can take him out and then slip the little red box back in. So that was quite well done. But when you actually open it, the, the wings are in there separate, and they've kind of just put the two wings in there and then the, the, the round sort of cockpit pieces up the back and they've kind of gone oh okay well we've kind of shoved it in there and now we need to stop this from moving around so then they've kind of manufactured sort of a a few really odd shaped cardboard um, boxes to sort of slide in and and sort of stop that bit from moving and then they sort of shove a rectangle bit in here and that'll stop that moving against that so it's um it's a really kind of awkward when you're used to taking out premium format statues that are sewn you know especially die cut to um to fit a statue it's kind of weird but look it doesn't rattle um i have no idea how i'm going to get it back in there if i need to so look if you are opening one of these up i i would do i would suggest taking a couple of photos as you pull the pieces out or, or numbering the little cardboard bits um because i think what i'll be doing is just sort of turfing it back in and the cardboard bits will just uh you know go to um the recycling bin so um collector friendly uh, i guess how you know I, I guess it all depends on how careful you are now in terms of moving forward with sculpt um it's not like i've actually seen the film and i can actually compare it to you know the on-screen representation um so i'm just going by you know what i'm looking at and i can tell you that it's actually pretty awesome like this is really nicely detailed um the wing panels in particular, which are the first things you take out of the box, they're just, they're just gigantic. They're really nicely detailed, particularly the outside part of the wings. There's lots of nice little sort of crevices and nooks that look all mechanically, mechanically or, you know, whatever you want to call it. Um, really, really nicely done. The, um, the, oh, I guess you would call it the mesh part of the, the, the panels, um, are all really nicely done. They just look like this micro, mesh um you know links uh, and i think that's actually really quite impressive i think the major difference between sort of the old tie fighter and the new tie fighter are these weird kind of cogs that go around um the side of the the, the cockpit where the wings join on um and i also think you know based on the old tie fighter this one's actually meant to be a little bit bigger than the original so there's lots of really nice little detailing in the sculpt on there um the the cockpit itself is huge it feels like you're holding a soccer ball in your hand it's so big um it's it's nicely detailed in terms of the sculpt but what's actually lost is because it's all cast in a a single colored plastic um i think that's taken away from some of the sculpt because it feels a little bit kind of plasticky still looks good um but then the next thing you're actually having a look inside the cockpit and there's all sorts of awesome going on in there um little sort of spoiler i guess from the film so you know sort of uh turn your sound down for the next 30 seconds um and that is that uh, the cockpit actually holds two figures there's the the pilot and uh the main sort of um main dude main for firing the forward guns but it actually has a rear gunner so they sit back to back um and there's a gun that sits on top that obviously the rear gunner can use um and there is an awful lot going on in the cockpit obviously there's the two seats for for these two guys but they've really gone to town with how much extra stuff in there there's all these sort of like targeting computers and little bits and bobs and um obviously the control sticks and things like that uh then you know that's just sort of their their chairs with all the bits sort of coming out of it but then the actual console has lots of little grooves and panels and buttons and levers and and all that going on um and and I really was quite amazed at just 
the, the level of detail that's in there and all that sort of stuff, um, all cast in, in one colour, which I'll get to in, in painting. But, um, yeah, it's actually quite interesting. Um, obviously, that means that you need a second TIE pilot, and I think that this figure is actually an early release of, of an upcoming figure from a future wave. So uh, there'll be a lot of people who will be on, on the lookout for another TIE pilot to sort of go in there and, and be the rear gunner for, for that. So um, really nice inside the cockpit. I was quite impressed. It's obviously a short-range fighter because uh, there's not a whole lot of space there to um, kick back and relax on long journeys, um, which is cool. So, yeah, look, overall the packaging, uh, sorry, the uh, the sculpt is just fantastic. I, I really like it, the way they've done the, um, you know, that, uh, oh, I don't know what you'd call the window that's over the front of the, the cockpit. looks um, really cool. It's really nice, clear plastic. doesn't have any scratches or anything like that on it. So looking really groovy. Um, moving on to paint, and um, pa the, the sculpt is certainly better than the paint, and, and the reason why is that pretty much 98% of this piece is um, cast, cast plastic in, in a particular colour. Um, so everything is cast in either sort of that grey or black or, or whatever they need to 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 get the effect. Obviously, the main parts of the tie are, are black, which, uh, you know, they're, the uh, original trilogy ones are more of a grey, sort of silvery colour, so the, the colours really stand out with those um, solar panels compared to sort of the, the black um, um, armatures that hold it in place. So the only place that paint really turns up is is on the outside of the cockpit. There's actually some sort of red stripes, which seems to be that that, that sort of sub-colour of choice for the, um, for the, the first order. Um, that's airbrushed on, and it's actually done in a nice way that actually looks like it's meant to be airbrushed on it looks like it's it's airbrushed over metal so i thought that was a quite a good effect um there's some highlights on all the guns the the ends of the guns are actually painted red um and then the only other really paint uh, other paint highlights that you see are actually in the cockpit and to be honest they're a bit meh um i wasn't that impressed because what they've done in terms of the control panel and all that sort of stuff is um, sculpted to have lots of little sort of buttons and knobs and levers and so somebody's actually just gone in there with red yellow and white paint and just kind of done one red one yellow one white so it, it kind of has a bit of a um a bit of a you know original star trek series feel where it's like oh you know we'll just put a yellow blinking light here because it looks fancy and we'll put a red one up here that you know that bobs on and off and I think if you could actually get in there, which you can't easily, you could probably do some nice touch-ups like the the interior grey that they've cast the plastic in um, really looks kind of a, a bit dull. It could have used a bit of a wash. Um, and so that's kind of the limit. There there are some subtle shades on the wings, uh, on the wing panels that, I don't know. It's almost like it's um, a bit of you know solar dust or something. It's a very light tan that looks like it's built up in some of the crevices here and there. And so they've tried to give it a bit of a um, worn effect, I guess you might say. Um, so yeah, in terms of paint, there's not a lot going on. What is there actually has been applied well. So none of those buttons are actually sloppy. It just, I don't know. I just think there could have been a lot more in terms of the the paint apps. So yep, what's there is good. Um, they haven't done it badly. It just needs a bit more. So, but um, so that's that's kind of the whole paint situation. Um, in, in terms of like we normally go into the articulation. Well, you know, this is a vehicle, and there's actually not a lot going on. And uh, I guess for a Tie Fighter, you wouldn't expect um, a whole lot. Um, all the guns move. They swivel. The top one moves around, and the bottom one does as well. There's a, a hatch that comes as a separate piece, which you just have to snap into place and uh, 
that's how they actually get into the the cockpit through the top um that hatch actually snapped into place really easy for me it closes really nicely and it sits um very flat so there's no kind of sort of awkward seam or anything like that it sits closed really really well um so you know no real complaints in terms of you know the production of this piece and and the way it sort of fits together the wings clicked on quite nicely and, and feel quite sturdy um you know i let one of the girls sort of hold it and move it around and, and she kind oh, of that was put brave it, well you know yeah. like she plonked it down on the carpet and you know the wings didn't fall off so um you know nothing like that because of the size of the wings um and the i guess they're so tall but they're so thin the, the wings do actually flex. They're, they're made of a type of plastic that's not, you know, super rigid, so you could actually flex them a little bit. But um, no big deal. When it actually sits down, it's not like anything warps. Um, it does kind of bring up questions about how a, a TIE fighter does actually land because, you know, there's no landing gear. Does it actually land on those wings? And uh, I think I've even seen some shots in the new film that, that shows one sort of landing on, on the ends of those wings, which um, don't look particularly supportive. Um, so, yeah, the... Uh, and I guess the main thing with this is there isn't actually a lot of playability and posability with it. You kind of get it, you stick your pilot in there, and then it just looks friggin' awesome. Um, I've still got to work out where I'm going to put mine. Uh, in terms of accessories, you do get the new TIE pilot, and he is actually a really nice figure. Uh, I took him out, and I was looking at him, and I thought, oh, you know, he's still got the same sort of thing happening from the original one. He's got that that hose that runs from the... Um, the the computer you know in his chest up to the helmet that's only one hose instead of two and i thought oh i don't know whether i actually like this as much as i do the original because the uh, the original tie pilot was always one of my favorites because i just thought you know the idea of the black helmeted stormtrooper with those hoses was pretty darn awesome so mm. i actually dug out my original tie pilot and, and put the two of them together um and and i actually really like the new one um i i don't dislike the old one and i wouldn't say that um this one's better but this is still a really really nice figure um that the, the new helmet looks fantastic a little bit disappointed that he's actually got like a blast shield on the top of his helmet but it's actually permanently um sculpted on the top it's not something that actually flips down um i'm not really sure why he's got the red stripes on the helmet but um yeah the rest of it is actually quite nice he's got pretty much the same articulation as the snow trooper so he's got the double jointed knees single um, elbows he's got the uh vonna ankles so he's got you know they rock away you know rock away um i did actually compare him to a couple of other troopers to see if there was any kind of reuse um and um you know that flight suit that's that's underneath uh, i couldn't actually see any similarities there so it's a really nice figure very basic with very basic paint apps but um yeah i, I mentioned value earlier in um this the the, the discussion and for you know around 170 maybe 180 dollars you're looking at about you know the cost of eight figures uh in this series and given that you actually get a figure with it then you're only you're looking at about seven figures and just the sheer amount of plastic you're actually getting in this thing it it does actually feel a little bit value for money um in terms of just getting so much for for what you're paying um i mean this is a nifty figure um one of the boo his elements uh i i found was that he come the pilot comes with a pistol that actually doesn't go anywhere um he doesn't actually have a holster anywhere to put it so when you actually want to stick him in the tie fighter you've got this pistol kind of just hanging around so you've either got to just drop it in there or you know blue tack it to the inside of the um the cockpits and and remember that it's there etc so i thought that was a bit awkward given that um so many of the other figures have got nifty holsters that can actually hold their gun but um look this is a, a slick looking figure I, I really like it um 
continuing on, I mean, I, I, I'm just blown away by this thing. I mean, you know, you can, I, I could continue to sort of make little, you know, picky remarks about this saying that for the, the amount that you're actually paying for the TIE fighter, it would have been really nice to have a few lights in it that, you know, you press a button and the, um, the guns light up or something, or even some sound effects would have been really cool. Cause I mean, you know, that, that sound the TIE fighter makes when it's kind of screeching past is actually very, very impressive. Um, it's one of my favorite sound effects from the Star Wars, um, franchise. So yes, lights and sound would have been absolutely amazing. And, and I, I could sort of, you know, dock points. Um, for not including that but really um, and you know I don't like this saying but at the end of the day you know this is a huge fucking TIE fighter and it is it's just friggin awesome like it is just amazing you 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 can't grasp you know just how big this thing is until it's actually sitting right in front of you and you look at it and go I can't believe I've got this giant TIE fighter and I've got this kick-ass six-inch pilot that I can actually stick in there you know I can actually you know, as a kid, you just couldn't conceive of having something as awesome as this. Um, you know, so I, I don't know. Uh, I think any little critiques aside, I just, I can't take that away from the fact that it's just, you know, it is two feet of pure awesomeness. And, uh, luckily Justin's not on the show because I, I think I'm just going to give it 10 out of 10. Oh, uh, what else could you do really? <laughs> I mean, it's such an accomplishment. It like, is. You know, it is. It's not just about, for me, it's not just about the the piece. It's about, you know, the the scale, the effort. I mean, you know, there's a price tag to go with it, but I think it's mm. recognizing that, hey, there are collectors out there that are serious and that will pay this kind of money for something that um, that shows value for it, and this does. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, I mean, I don't, you know, for how long – did we discuss, you know, uh, in regards to DC Universe Classics, we were often saying that, hey, you know, even if we could just get a Batmobile, that that would be awesome. And, uh, you know, and Toy Gear used to go on about tooling costs and all that sort of thing. And and, and what does Hasbro do? They give us a goddamn two-foot TIE fighter. Um, <laughs> and it's it's kind of hard. And then so, and I know it's 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 not a justification, but I almost feel obligated to go. You know what, guys? You know, you you actually did this. You you did the work. You put it in. You gave. You know, you put us to task. I've got no choice but to buy it to to support it and yeah. <laughs> um, show you that you know you can do this stuff in the future. And and hey, you know, if you want to bring out a snow speeder or, or even an X wing, uh, I'll be there. Absolutely. I mean, that's one or of the reasons why I. Or the Falcon. Yeah, <laughs> or the Falcon. Oh my god, that, that's one of the reasons why I coughed up for the um, Batman animated Batmobile because mm. you know I want. I mean, I really wanted it, but I also want to show, like, hey, you know, there is a market for this stuff. Um, yep. And uh, yeah, that's awesome. That's that's what you said to Mrs. Scotty, wasn't it? Look, I, I, <laughs> I mentioned that they should do this, and now they've done it. I have to buy it. Well, it felt so like I had right. to. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, thank, thanks to your review, I've actually got one on my Christmas list now. Oh, so. very good. <laughs> Can't go wrong. Well, thank you very much for that, Ben. That was truly epic um, and uh, really exciting. I'm glad that we got to hear a review of it on the show, and I'm sure that listeners will really appreciate it. And we will take a break now and come back to talk about the new items that we have added to our collection this week. We know what Ben got, but what about everyone else? It's a Fembot. New from Kenner. And Jamie Summers, the bionic woman, sold separately. I'm Jamie Summers. Oh, no, you're not. I am. You're a Fembot. Your paralyzer gave you away. She's a mask me. 
Now I have to disguise myself as a mystery baby. No one will recognize me. Not even Jamie. Ha ha. Fembot comes with everything seen here. Jamie Summers, the bionic woman, sold separately. Well, we are all here because we collect and feeding the addiction is where we take time to talk about uh, what we have collected this week, either in acquiring or pre-ordering. And Eddie, you have got a little bit to talk about. I do. So I had some free time this week. I, thanks to a stuff up at my HR department getting cleared up, I had a bit of extra money in my uh, bank account for spending. And I also found some stuff that I wasn't expecting to find as I went around shopping, which never helps uh, (laughs) too. So uh, first thing I picked up with uh, the Christmas sales starting, uh, one of our um, frequently mentioned stores here in Victoria, Zing, uh, they had the Figure Arts Yoshi on sale for (laughs) 40-something dollars. So... Uh, I picked him up while he was on special just to add to my Nintendo figure arts that's slowly growing there. Uh, And I also found in there a figure I had not seen any solicitations for, any mention of whatsoever, and so much so it actually dated our show last week from before it even uh, was released. And that was on last week's show we were talking about the Assassin's Creed figures that were coming out and how the Jacob Fry one was a weird Union Jack variant, and they hadn't even done a regular version of him. Well, the regular version turned up as a Zing EB Games exclusive here in Australia. Uh, so that's uh, him in his Master Assassin's outfit, and he's a glorious uh, figure. He's got a removable hood, uh, which is the first Assassin's Creed figure to do that, so you can just have him... Uh, with his head straight out, or you can put the hood on. He's got a cane with a sword, all sorts of guns. So really great figure, but he was just out of nowhere. I don't think anyone seemed to be expecting him at all, and it's been a very long time since I've just walked into a store and found a figure um, sitting there on the shelves that I did not expect to see or even knew was coming. (laughs) Uh, And that kind of inspired me to grab the others from assassin's creed wave four which was the shay mccormick the uh evil assassin and uh the arno who's wearing the mcfarlane designed uh costume also picked up some two packs of star wars rebels that i uh found at a reject store which i actually picked up for a mate who's been collecting them but it turned out he'd actually found them just recently himself so they've joined my collection (laughs) uh i found just today uh, some new Ninja Turtles figures hitting here in Oz. So that was Monkey Brains, Mondo Gecko, and Napoleon Bonafrog, uh, <laughs> which was very nice because I think it's been, I was talking to Ben today, it might have been almost a year since we've got new characters yeah, it's been a in while. Tur- Turtles down here. It's just been turtle variants for the last while. Mm. Uh, I also picked up today the DC Collectibles Icons Batman figure. And Hmm. I was not really looking at this line. Uh, We've sort of talked before about the size variants and all that, but someone posted on the AFB forum uh, either this week or last week about how does media inspire your purchasing. And I didn't realize this when the figure was solicited, but once I saw it in box, it's listed as Last Rights Batman which is the Grant Morrison uh, Mm. story that was part of the R.I.P. crossover, which 
uh, I still think of as a modern store. It's almost 10 years old, though, now. Um, And that is one of my favorite Batman stories of all time. I know it's very polarizing, but I love it. And that just suckered me in and had me handing over my money uh, (laughs) right there with that. Uh, And I had a 10% off uh, Zing voucher, too, so that uh, helped uh, sway my decision there. And uh, I also uh, had completely forgotten, but uh, remembered that I still hadn't picked up the Amazon uh, Age of Ultron Marvel Legends box set. So that comes with Thor, uh, Hawkeye, uh, Black Widow, and uh, Bruce Banner from Age of Ultron. So that sort of rounds out my movie Marvel Legends. And then that sort of kicked me off and reminded me of the other Marvel Legends that I was still yet to pick up. So finally picked up the Guardians of the Galaxy box set, which you guys reviewed months ago, but has been a big <laughs> hole in my collection. Uh, so much so, once again, talking about that media inspiration, I've got a pile of Guardians of the Galaxy comics there because I didn't want to read them while I was still missing figures from it because that's one of those things that can kind of annoy me if I know a figure's out there and I don't own it trying to consume the media and uh the Walgreens Daredevil in his uh classic first appearance yellow uh there uh and yeah and now I'm out of money and out of breath after (laughs) wow (laughs) goodness me well Ben we know what you got three TIE fighters (laughs) Not much effort this week. Hey, can I just um, add something in? I, I just decided to look up um, the sound that the TIE Fighter makes, and apparently um, Ben Burt created that famous sound, the screeching TIE Fighter, and it's a combination of an elephant call with a car driving on wet pavement. <laughs> cool. <laughs> now, uh, Star Wars Trivial Pursuit, what does TIE stand for? Uh, twin Ion Engines. Yeah, there we go. Wow, That's I important. did not know that even. I just always assumed they looked like a bow tie. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Adam, what about your good self? Well, I had a um, a box from Big Bad arrive this week, so I have my figure arts selection of Sailor Chibi Moon, uh, Super Sailor Moon, Ultimate Sun Gohan from Dragon Ball Z, Vegito from Dragon Ball Z, Tuxedo Mask from Sailor Moon, and... Rounding out what I think will be the last ever Evangelion figures I need to buy is um, the Awakening version of Ava 1 and a an actual Revoltech version of um, Unit 2, The Beast. Um, I can't remember who made the other version of Unit 2, The Beast I had, but that was the one that, Scott, you said gave you nightmares. <laughs> so um, I might review that one in future to do a comparison and see how it goes. Oh, good. I'll be sick that week. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> How's the uh, Vegito figure? I haven't um, unboxed it yet, but I took it out of the shipper box, and it looks pretty good. Um, it's definitely more basic than some of the other ones, but you get swap-out faces because it's, um, it's I think, that and... Team Gohan are the only ones so far that have been Super Saiyan, and actually no, Team Gohan didn't have no Super Saiyan hair, did he? He did he, he had the Super Saiyan and Super Saiyan, Super Saiyan two. two. Yeah. yeah. So this is the first one that has Super Saiyan and non Super Saiyan facials in the same box, so you don't get quite so many face varieties across the two of them. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. Should look good. Yeah. Very good. Um, I, just in my random travels, 
got two Marvel Infinite, that's the three and three quarter. Oh, they're all Marvel Infinite now, aren't they? That's the, the little ones, um, that I hadn't, um, found so far at a, at a reasonable price, um, which was from, uh, a wave ago. I haven't got the latest wave that's out with Shanna and Vulture and whatever. Um, they're sitting for $40 each at Minotaur in Melbourne, which uh-huh. is just ridiculous. <laughs> so, um, but I got these for, uh, 18 each at Toy World. It was the sand, version of Sandman and the Blue Beast. So that that wave had Black Cat and Bishop and a grey and blue beast and a, a non-Sandy Sandman and a Sandy Sandman. So mm. I've got the two variants that I didn't have before. Um, I, I got shipping notice for my Tweeterhead penguin statue, the classic penguin thing. Mm-hmm. So I'm really looking forward to um, that and receiving a Tweeterhead product for the first time. Um, and, uh, really, and then I also realized that I totally missed the DC collectibles, Constantine statue. Um, I saw it, uh, a couple weeks ago, um, in a shop and I was like, Oh, I didn't even realize that that was out. And where I was, they wanted a ridiculous price for it. So I did some kind of hunting around online and found a cheaper price. And so that is also on the way. Um, but I also really interesting, uh, my penguin is coming from Sideshow because I flex paid it. And because the dollar is so gross at the moment, mm. I was looking at, I was like, mm, I could cancel this and look at other options just to see if anyone had it cheaper or a better shipping option. Um, so, uh, I looked at what it would cost to, it's all the same price to get it shipped from Big Bad or Entertainment Earth. Um, I ended up leaving it with Sideshow because it was the, it was fine. Um, but Big Bad wanted to charge me $60 to send it USPS Express. Mm. And for the same product, the same mode of shipping, USPS Express, Entertainment Earth wanted to charge me $168. Yes. <laughs> Three times. They hell, get, hell get oh. some extra special treatment. I just, I do not understand. I, yeah. I do not understand. Crazy. So anyway, boo. Yeah. Yeah. If that, if we didn't have a, a decent red card, that would be my red card <laughs> for sure. Um, but I'm looking forward to getting both of those statues. Excellent. Yay. Mm, order. Yay. Uh, I'm, I'm finding I have much better. Uh, not having to buy every action figure that I see that I like restraint these days, which mm. actually then leaves more money for, um, Oh, I forgot. Cause I wasn't Uh-oh. on last week. <laughs> I bought an action figure. I was just saying, I've got such good restraint now. I got the, um, walking dead Dale because remember how it's got the lawn chair. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I bought it for the lawn chair. I haven't opened it up yet. Um, Good yeah, but they were like, oh, hey, yeah, that's a weird figure. I'm like, yeah, no, I don't really, I'm not so fussed about Dale, but it's like a actual, like, articulated lawn chair. How can you yeah. not have that? Mm. <laughs> I got one from a fuzzy bear in the Muppets line. A few oh, years we should ago, compare. Though, yeah. <gasps> we should do Ooh, a toy history. Lawn chair history. <laughs> <laughs> I think I got one some, from some wrestling figures and all sorts of yeah, ones. I'm, I'm, you I'm probably could do a week. launch chair history. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> and my yeah. cough doesn't get any worse. Um, and then <laughs> the new Carol out there for you, which I had no idea about, took me by 
Yeah, surprise I, again. I mean, because I don't really collect the Walking Dead things. Like I've got the regular Carol, and this is the um, episode five premiere badass Rambo Carol. Um, so if I see her around for a not ridiculous price, just because I'm a Carol fan, I'll probably pick it up. But it's kind of a you know one of those funny one-off episode specific figures. So there you go. But I think it's cool. I mean, I think it shows the popularity of the character that she's actually a female character actually got a second figure and it's mm. not Sean. So yeah. there you go. Cool. All right. Well, that wraps up Feeding the Addiction and uh, we will come back in a moment to award a red card to something or someone in the toy universe. What is this bizarro world? Red carded is that time in the podcast where we say, what? about something uh, that could be a weird announcement, a bad decision, a dumb person, um, or something that has annoyed us this week. And Eddie, you have discovered the thing that we are red carding, so you kick it off. I did. I found this last night when I was aimlessly walking around the city. Uh, and as I mentioned, I, I found a few interesting things. Uh, it seems like you can walk around stores for ages and not find anything. And then this last week, I found a whole bunch of new stuff. Uh, and I thought I had a red card for us because I saw the new Funko Legacy Fallout figures. And they uh, Funko is definitely uh, letting down in terms of solicitations to the figures that they're actually releasing um, in that Legacy line. But it got beaten by... Uh, this one that I found, and it's the 3A uh, Judge Death uh, 112th figure. Uh, now, the figure itself looks fantastic. It's definitely the 3A quality. But what took me back is the packaging that the figure comes in. Uh, so he comes in a giant black and white blister card. So being a blister card, uh, it's plastic it's a plastic bubble glued to the cardboard back the standard action figure uh version that has come out for years and years and this means that this highly collectible figure figure that's pretty much made for collectors is not collector friendly in terms (laughs) of displaying with packaging if you spend the hundred dollars that he retails for you'd have to decide whether you're going to rip him open from his packaging and display and not be able to really put back in unless you're one of those people who's very careful with a Stanley knife and (laughs) can slice up the cards and get him out. Now, there have been tricks with doing this before. Uh, Maybe at the bottom of the packaging there's a cut in the plastic. Maybe the back of the board can be removed and the figure can be taken out. Uh, mm. He was in a glass cabinet. I did have a look around and tried to find uh, any sort of trap doors or hidden functions in a way you could slide the figure out. Uh, so I do want to put a little asterisk in uh, we could be wrong with this red card. There might be a Houdini trick to it. Uh, but I was definitely stumped by this magician's trick. I could not find a way of getting to this figure without ripping open the packaging, which, you know, for a $16 figure is fine. For a high-end collectible, uh, I think is a huge missed opportunity, particularly on a figure that doesn't need to come on a blister card. That's not like there's a classic Judge Dredd line out there that came on blister cards in the 80s that this is homaging. Uh, this is a very weird choice. So what do you guys think? Is it possible? 
Yeah, is it possible to steam the blister off? You know, like <laughs> That's steam envelopes open. Lo- loosen the glue. Mm. Look, yeah, you yeah. could, but then you might get some water damage on the rest of the board. Yeah. There are enough innovative approaches to packaging these days for this to be pretty much inexcusable. Mm. If it doesn't come in a window box, like, you've, you've lost my interest. It's, um... Well, it's yeah. not even that, right? I mean, I looked at the, the Dragon Ball Shadow box that I got last week, and they're blister cards, but it's that the blister is a sleeve that the card slides into. Mm. Yeah. Mm. With some sticky tape, okay, fine, I cut the tape, bingo, bango, it's fine. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I mean, there's enough... You look at the um, Figures Toy Company the mega reproductions and they come in a uh like a updated version of something that looks like a carded blister card but actually um it can all be put back together it's it's not rocket science and yeah. I think, you know when you get to this point i'd rather pay a bit more for uh, collector friendly packaging yeah. um it's just you know, it's bad enough on the batman animated stuff where you're paying you know 35 bucks for something um because there's good solutions for collector friendly packaging for six inch figures at yep. at a you know at the kind of budget friendly end mm. just mm. inexcusable here but particularly when you've got mezco the 112 collective stuff which is the same scale same idea doing really nice packaging for not much more yeah yeah yeah, yeah. bad yep. I think that's a well-deserved red card. I don't know that we've ever red carded 3A before. Yeah, and as I said, they do great design work. I think this is just more a missed opportunity that they've uh, run over. For sure. For sure. Mm, well, well-deserved well 3A, you get our red card of the week. Uh, lift your socks up. <laughs> is that the right saying? Is that the right? What do you say? Pull, Pull your, your socks, socks up. up. Pull your socks up. <laughs> <laughs> it's late. I'm tired. Pull your socks. Your socks. Yeah, raise your footwear, whatever, whatever they are, the soft ones. Elevate your foot attire. <laughs> Thank you. And uh, with that, we will take a break and come back with our amazing Grimlock toy history. From across the galaxy to battle the evil Decepticons comes the ultimate Autobot hero, Optimus Prime. Transforming from big rig into powerful robot, he's the greatest Autobot warrior of them all. With a hidden battle platform, twin rocket launchers for double the damage, and a light and sound power pack for real battle action. And when Optimus talks, I am Optimus Prime. The Decepticons will run for cover. Transformers! Transformers Generation 2. Optimus Prime is all you see here. Well, he is the leader of the Dinobots with a superiority complex. He is uh, a Transformer, and he is the very first Transformer that is getting the AFB Toy History treatment. And uh, this is all thanks to Eddie. He's the person who's pulled this together. Um, The rest of us are just here to provide colorful commentary. Uh, (laughs) But um, we are delighted to be having a go. So, um, Eddie, why don't you start off just by telling us why you thought Grimlock was a good choice for first Transformer to get this sort of treatment on our show? Uh, well, credit where credit's due, it was actually John who uh, threw this one uh, out. Oh, but okay. I, I do actually agree, this is a good choice. Uh, out of the Transformers, which we've had a lot of requests to talk more about, uh, you have Optimus Prime and Megatron 
uh, who we would take mini episodes just to get through all the toy releases that they've had. Um, they'd be up there in sort of the same as Batman or Spider-Man in yeah. terms of yep. releases. And it was John who threw out Grimlock, and I think this is a good choice because he's one of the most uh, recognisable characters, but he's also a bit of a sideline uh, character as well. So there's not as much of him out there, but he's also very iconic out there. There's uh, a lot of people who I think when you say Transformers, uh, he would be one of the ones that uh, they could name even if they weren't a big Transformers fan. Well, even I, I know who he is. Yeah, so there we go. go. If Scotty yeah. knows it, it's yeah. <laughs> uh, hit the mainstream pop culture with Transformers. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I remember him for the first time. It was 92, I want to say. I was on holiday up in Queensland. And I was in a toy department there. I don't even know what store it was. It might have been like a Maya, possibly. And I found it would have been the Generation 2 release of him in his classic colours, which is now actually a very rare uh, figure. And I coveted it so much. I had it in my hands and my parents wouldn't buy it for me because it was <laughs> like $12 or something, which was expensive. And I ended up getting a Batman Returns figure uh instead but uh i did remember really wanting it and very devastated i couldn't get it just because uh grimlock is a giant robotic tyrannosaurus rex and i do enjoy dinosaurs i work with dinosaurs today uh in my everyday career so uh i i, I can't uh, say i don't have a soft spot for this guy myself but to go into a toy history of grimlock uh we actually need to start before transformers with a line called diaclone and uh this is a takara tomi line uh of things that turn into robots and for those that don't know what happened in the 80s was hasbro brought the rights to a lot of these toys as well as other ones with the molds and remolded them and sold them to the west under the transformers brand but there was a die clones line called robot riders uh in which you had the dino robot riders and that's where the t-rex first made his appearance and that sculpt was what was used for the hasbro transformers g1 uh, Grimlock. So there were a couple of differences. He had a uh, different coloured cod piece. Uh, his sword was a more chrome style design. Uh, and he had a little robot that could fit in a cockpit that was moulded on him there. Uh, but for the most part, it is the exact same figure uh, that got released there. And this is easily the most famous version of Grimlock is this generation one one and it's a great one it actually had some fairly good posability for a transformer a lot of the original g1 transformers didn't have uh, articulation and he even had it in his uh, alternate mode which is the t-rex which was quite rare uh, there at the time so did you guys remember he was this was before i was actually born uh, this release. Did you guys remember <laughs> on, seeing hang on, him? Hang on, no, 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 no. I want to focus on the fact that you just said he's pretty cool. Then you went on to say it came out before you were born. So, are you showing some vintage love oh, here? Oh, yeah, yeah, I, I Hold might be. On. Uh, I'm, I might be. I'm done. But John's not on this episode, so this is shh, <laughs> this is listening. a secret. Anyone listening? No, don't. He, I can hear almost hear his evil laugh right now. Yeah. <laughs> Well, mm. there's exceptions to every rule. It's physics. <laughs> it's 
So what year? Sorry, what year did this come out? Uh, he. So sorry, this one uh, came out in '85. Yeah. So, yeah. I, I, I mean, I was just growing out of the the kind of you know growing out quote unquote of the toy thing right at that point. Yeah. Yeah. I was about the same actually. That was uh, just the start of high school, and I decided I was getting too old for Masters of the Universe and Star Wars. Yeah, I was like five, so yes, I remember this. Uh, now, this was also around the time that the Transformers film came out, uh, which is where I think he gained a lot of his popularity because he was one of the few of the uh, Generation 1 Autobots from pre-film uh, that survived through. Uh, it's also mm-hmm. where we get the famous line, uh, tell me again about the Petro Rabbits, uh, which is <laughs> a very iconic line in pop culture that some people don't believe me about, Scotty. Uh, but a uh, great one there. And so he got a couple of re-releases around the time of the film in 86, as well as this uh, same version was re-released in multiple colours uh, for the Generation 2 line. So he came back in his original colours, as I mentioned, the only difference was he had a tampograph stamp on his leg, uh, but he also came in some very crazy blue colours there. So he also had turqu- turquoise blue and a dark blue version. It's so very what strange. Are, what is the significance of a re-release in a different colour? I mean, if it's if it's not you know accurate to the source material, why why were they doing it? Uh, this was just in a crazy time in the 90s. So Transformers had been off the shelves for a couple of years, sort of two or three years. And then they tried again for uh, a second run uh, at it in the early 90s. And right. they released it under Generation 2, but they did it on the cheap. So it's kind of hard to imagine but there was a time period in the 90s that Transformers were not a popular toy line mm, mm. and Hasbro were not putting them front and centre. And basically what they did is they re-released everything. So you had the toys being re-released with the same moulds just in completely different colours and similar to the G.I. Joes at the time being released in neon colours. Yeah, you got yeah. like a lot of neon released uh, camouflage, decos, bright, uh, fluoros and all that coming out with a lot of the okay. uh, G1 molds. Now, a lot of them were actually the older, um, the, sorry, the later released uh, molds of the time. So they had sort of newer molds being used. Uh, and the Dinobots were some of the earliest molds being re released in the G2 era. But they yep. even took um, the old cartoon series. And just in between scenes, they added these CGI effects of the screen moving out and moving through to another screen and that screen Mm. flipping forward. Mm. And it's really annoying if you ever go back and try and watch it because every two seconds you're getting this CGI montage for no reason of things (laughs) to get to the next scene. And for some reason, the uh, Transformers 80s cartoon actually did have a bit of continuity that flowed through it. And they did these orders these episodes completely out of order so it makes no sense as you're watching it episode to episode uh some episodes even end with to be continued and the next episode the next week had nothing to do Mm. with what was going on with that one so they really were trying to pump transformers out on the cheap then to uh get way in as i said hard to imagine now with a billion dollar film franchise but Yeah, yeah yeah it was not always the popular one they did have 
a different version of Grimlock released in the 80s as well. Uh, and that was from the Pretender line. So the Pretender line was a subline of Transformers where you had basically a humanoid figure that was a hard plastic shell and you could open that up and have a small Transformer robot in it. And Grimlock was one of the few uh, characters that had his own Pretender. Usually the Pretenders were brand new uh, characters, such as uh, Octopunch, uh, but he was a character that got his own Pretender, and his little robot version was a robot that also turned into a mini uh, T-Rex there, so they also had the theme carrying across in that one. But then that was it. Transformers wasn't really a line for giving multiple versions of characters back then in the 80s. You usually only got one shot. There was the rare... Uh, sort of two or three Optimus Primes, mm. a second Megatron that came out with Generation 2, and uh, Bumblebee that got renamed as a Goldbug with a slight paint change. But for the most part, once you had a toy out there, that was it. And then it was a new toy that would take its place as a completely different uh, character. So uh, in its sort of prime time, that, that was kind of it for Grimlock were those two ones. Uh, but then a few years later in the late 90s, Transformers was going through a different rebrand, and that was Beast Wars. So yeah. similar premise, uh, robots that turned into things. Uh, in this series, though, they were turning into animals, uh, and there was a Grimlock figure released in this. Now, for those that don't know, Beast Wars does take place in the Generation 1 continuity of Transformers. It's set many years later in the future, where the uh, robots of Cybertron have sort of improved and now can form into organic materials. And uh, being immortal robots... Uh, few of the characters continued on into the Beast Wars continuity. So uh, Scavenger, uh, the robot Panther, he uh, actually turned up in the cartoon series. Grimlock didn't turn up in the cartoon, but he turned up in the comic book from mm. IDW. Uh, and his figure, though, was just a re-release of the Dinobot uh, Figure. Now, that's not to be confused with the Dinobot teams. In Beast Wars, there was a whole character called Dinobot who was a Velociraptor that transformed into a um, robot, and this one's the exact same. So it's Grimlock as a Velociraptor, uh, not a T-Rex this time around, but he kept all his personality in that in the story. But, uh, yeah, not not really any homages there to in, in terms of colours colors or decos. Now, this figure's a bit notorious because he uses gold plastic. In the Beast Wars toy line, there was something not quite right with their um, manufacturing when they used gold plastic, and it tends to be very brittle and easily broken. So there's a character in the Fusion line that's sort of a half whale, half elephant uh, that was made of almost all gold plastic, and uh, he's quite notorious for breaking down. Grimlock only has a few pieces, but, yeah, if you are buying one of these secondhand, just be very careful that uh, you're getting one that's good and intact, and be very careful 
when transforming him uh, that you're not putting too much pressure on the joints and that because he is a bit nefarious for breaking. Uh, he's a bit of a rare one in the Beast Wars, so you're already paying a little bit for him, uh, but it is good to double-check. Now, after Beast Wars came another line called Beast Machines that uh, is a very obscure and uh, very weird line. I'm not going to go into its backstory or what it sort of means because I'll be here for hours and getting into all sorts of weird mysticism and uh, some very strange storylines. Uh, but they did have a dinosaur uh, little subline in that in which there was a character called T-Rex and he was basically a recolouring of the Megatron from Beast Wars uh, who, even though he has the same name, is a different Megatron to the one from the 80s cartoon. Uh, I know it gets confusing. Some characters have the same name, but are different characters. Some characters have the same name and are the same characters. Uh, but he was a giant robot that turns into a T-Rex. And this is a red version of that mold. And there are hints in his bio that he is Grimlock, uh, but there are other uh, fan-made for the fan magazine stories that hint otherwise. So him, there's a bit of debate in fan circles whether it's Grimlock or not. I think generally if it's a giant T-Rex robot good guy, uh, it's considered to be Grimlock, but uh, that one's... I'm adding it in as a footnote, but, that, yeah, that one's up for debate. Oh, so we could get mail about that. Yeah, so, you know, let it in. It could go either way. There's no official answer as of yet in continuity. Uh, but, yeah, that's that's a footnote that it may not be a Grimlock one. Uh, but now, once again, in weirdness, that uh, the Beast Wars Grimlock was released in 97. We didn't get another uh, main continuity Grimlock released until 2005, and that is the Binal Tech Alternators Grimlock. So this is the first time uh, in the Generation 1 continuity that Grimlock transforms into what Transformers are classically known as transforming into, which is a car. And the Alternators line, this was the first attempt of doing very detailed uh, car models. So that's almost exact models of the cars as you'd buy in like a cigarette store here they often seem to have them in the windows those mm. car model displays mm -hmm. uh, and this one he's transforming they actually had car licenses uh, and he's transforming into a ford mustang uh, so the body shape here of the figure in his robot mold is sort of very basic uh, transformer robot style there's nothing really grimlock about him it's more in the head sculpt and he does have the sort of grimlock uh, red cod piece uh, now a weird little interesting footnote is this uh, ford mustang body model was used uh, for the Wheeljack character later on, they reused the mold. Uh, and Wheeljack in the cartoon series was the ones who was the uh, character who created the Dinobots. Uh, Dinobots have a few different origins, so depending on where you lean. Uh, but in the cartoon, Wheeljack created it. So they're doing sort of the reverse flip there, using his model through. Hmm. Uh, now, shortly after that, you had the classics line come out. Now, this is a bit of a weird line. So they had a few other versions of Transformers going on. There was uh, the Robots in Disguise uh, anime, not to be confused with the Robots in Disguise cartoon that's currently going on, and uh, the Unicron trilogy. Now, these cartoons were made in Japan. They're very anime 
are based. They really don't make a lot of sense story-wise with one another, uh, and they're kind of infamous for not being that good uh, of Transformer stories and continuity. There was a Grimlock in the Robots uh, in Disguise one who wasn't really the same Grimlock as we have here. He was a construction vehicle, sort of like backhoe uh, digger one. And there was an Energon uh, Grimlock released, who was a combiner that went in with uh, the Swoop character and you made a mega robot with them together. Uh, he was another nefarious uh, kind of bad uh, released figure there in terms of design and setup. But I'll get to him a little bit more with a reuse of that mould later on. Uh, but there wasn't too much going on with those lines outside of the main continuity. And then that came to an end around 2005, and they had a year to fill in before the release of the movie lines in 2007, which Hasbro was gearing up for. Uh, and it's hard to imagine this today, given what uh, toy companies are doing, but they kind of took a risk in filling in this year. Someone threw out the idea of, hey, why don't we, instead of trying to create something new, go back and re-release new designs of some of our classic characters, which is something that they really hadn't done in Transformers up until this point. Uh, so it was a small line of Transformers uh, called Classics that they were uh, just releasing as a fill-in year. Uh, so they re-released a classic red Optimus Prime truck, a Megatron that turned into a gun, a Bumblebee who was sort of a Volkswagen, a Jetfire who was a jet, a Starscream uh, that was a jet, uh, and so on. Uh, and they did a Grimlock that turned into a giant robot T-Rex in his sort of classic style and colours. And this line sold incredibly well. Fans took to it like hotcakes. A lot of fans returned. I mean, it seems silly to, and think, obvious to think of now, uh, but back then it actually took Hasbro by complete, complete surprise that they had adult fans looking to jump back in and buy classic versions of their classic characters. And Grimlock, being a fan favourite, was a huge seller. Now, that said, his classic toy is not the best uh, figure. It's a little wonky, a bit uh, disproportioned here. Uh, a lot of people criticised it because it was what's known as a deluxe class. Uh, so he kind of turns into about a five-inch robot. Uh, there are different sizes for Transformers. Generally, what you're speaking of is Legends is your small sort of three-inch size. Uh, your deluxe size, which is around your average $20 Transformer, that's a 5-inch one. And then you have your Voyagers, which is around a $40 Transformer, which is sort of the bigger ones that would come in a box, not on a blister card. And then you have the much larger leader scales, which are your big $100 ones. Uh, so him being released as a deluxe, people were a bit disappointed in. They sort of think of him as a huge, big character. And though he was very popular and hard to find at the time, uh, he's not exactly the most popular version uh, these days, even though he has had a few re-releases uh, of him since then. The Japanese had their own release of it in their line, uh, which is known as Henke Henke. Uh, it's, uh, these Henke Henke line in Japan 
usually just straight re-releases of Hasbro figures of Transformer, um, but they have a bit more money in that to play with and they get released as sort of separate objects than just as part of Wave. So you do often get a bit better paint and uh, detailing going on with figures released so uh, in this line. With that, yeah. Just something that's striking me as you start talking, you know, when we think about the uh, a lot of the characters that um that we discuss you know people have a lot of kind of continuity issues and that sort of thing with them but you know with with transformers being it seems like it's more of a movable feast where so do people complain about oh that's not grimlock because he has the blah or they just accept the different versions of them i, I was thinking exactly the same thing so i i just i keep looking at some of these and going i i just i can't associate that with grimlock like there's a certain kind of you know, there's a few certain aspects of him that I, you know, that I should always be able to recognise, and also, I guess, a, a particular paint scheme too. Um, so every now and then, I look at one and go, "Well, that just doesn't look like Grimlock at all to me." It's it's very very fluid depending on the fan that you're talking to. So uh, with these, you get people who are very much the original Marvel comic book based fans that had a very different story to the cartoon series. Fans, even though they're both considered G1 and the same continuity, um, there is often a lot of retroactive continuity works going on to try and make them work together. Uh, and in terms of the figures, yeah, it can be very hard. Luckily, though, because they are robots, there often is stories going around between... Uh, so it was revealed in the Beast Wars series that... Uh, the Cybertronians have a thing called a spark inside of them, which is kind of a glowing orb, and that's the life form of the Transformer, and that can be uh, added into a new body. Mm. And so that's where, like, the dinosaur Grimlock might have his spark removed and placed into the Alternator's car version okay. of Grimlock. So it's technically the same same character, mm. even though it's going into a completely different body version now this usually happens when the character has a new toy coming out <laughs> and or they're getting some form of upgrade um or you might get which was uh the next piece that's coming along here which is the titanium grimlock now this grimlock's based off of the war within comic uh by one of the infamous comic creators of modern time pat lee mm-hmm. and the war within story tells the story of the war on cybertron before uh, the Autobots and Decepticons uh, had to abandon it and take the war to Earth. Uh, so these figures had their Cybertronian vehicle design. So Grimlock here wasn't a T-Rex. He was a form of Cybertronian truck. Uh, so that's a different version of him here before he had uh, the T-Rex design. But this is also a place where continuity doesn't make much sense because you've got the Dinobots running around here in the Cybertronian version. And then in the 80s continuity, uh, they were just made on Earth by Wheeljack for some reason. He just uh, randomly in the cartoon decides to go out and make these giant robot dinosaurs that turn into other robots and are incredibly stupid and cause havoc. And that was just what you do on a day off from the war uh, with the Decepticons, which doesn't make much uh, sense. But, yeah, so it's always a very weird, fluid uh, continuity in through there. Mm -hmm. Uh, But it wasn't too long after this that uh, Hasbro and particularly Takara Tomy, the people who hold the rights 
uh, for Transformers in Japan, uh, started doing some high-end figures. And these are what are known as Masterpiece. And this is probably the most popular Grimlock figure um, that has been around after the G1 one for nostalgia's sake. Uh, and these are very high-end, very large uh, figures that are very much based off both the original release and the cartoon series. And this Masterpiece Grimlock has been uh, re-released a couple of times with different accessories. Uh, he's very giant. He probably stands, I don't have him myself, but he'd stand between sort of 10 to 12 inches tall in robot mode and very similar uh, in the dinosaur mode. And these pieces have some amazing engineering to them. They really hold the classic look they have a ton of articulation to them and when they're transformed into their alt mode you don't get sort of bare crevice things where you can see okay that's clearly where the arms have folded up into uh you don't have gaps in them where it's like okay that's two plastics either side to create the look of a say uh limb there but if you look at it from the other angle you can clearly see where one part has folded out from another uh so some really brilliant engineering and what people generally love about this masterpiece line is they do throw those little nods and extras to fans so the original release of the grimlock came with an apron here from the episode uh madman's paradise where he was doing some cooking and he's even got a serving tray there as well there was another episode where grimlock who's known for being quite a dumb character uh becomes extremely smart sort of like a flowers for algernon kind of thing uh and he has a computer helmet that he wears so he comes with that and then uh there's also the famous uh king grimlock storyline from the comics uh which they did re-release a version of this masterpiece in his marvel comic book colors which he sort of has more blue arms and a blue face and that version comes with a crown there was a re-release just uh fairly recently that even came uh with a throne for him to sit on i believe that was a big bad toy store uh exclusive uh, but yeah, lots of uh, versions there of the Masterpiece release and pretty much any time this goes up, uh, it sells out quite quickly by new fans who are discovering the Masterpiece mm. uh, line and getting in on him. Once again, he's uh, such a popular character and this is uh, considered to be one of the best Masterpieces that they've done. He does set you back a bit on here. He did hit some Toys R Us's. I never saw him near me, uh, but he was around the $300 mark. So, you know, these masterpieces, they're getting up there in the hot toys uh, kind of price range. They're sort of the creme de la creme, aren't they? If you, you know, if you were a casual fan and you just wanted one really nice version of the character, you know, you yeah. pick up the masterpiece such and such. Yeah, and the thing with these ones too is uh, where Transformers is very notorious is scale. Uh, they really don't seem too fussed about how the characters scale in with one another. Yeah, um, yeah. You can have a motorbike that's the exact same size as a four-wheel drive and that connects together to make a giant robot and they both become limbs even though the motorbike side of the leg is the exact same size as the four-wheel drive side yeah, on the other yeah. leg part and things like that. But with the Masterpiece line, they've really tried to keep uh, scale uh, in there and they actually do a very amazing job when you consider that the scale that the um, Transformer might transform into in robot mode is quite a lot bigger in the cartoon than his, say, little Volkswagen yeah. 
uh, mode, but they somehow managed to keep uh, even the cartoon scale of the robots uh, in there. So that's absolutely some of the best toy engineering going on uh, with this masterpiece line, if you ever get a chance. Uh, I highly recommend... Um, if you jump on YouTube, go to Shardimus Prime or Optobotamus's YouTube channel and watch some of their video reviews of the Masterpiece lines and you can really get a sense when they're going through the transformations of how really well designed uh, these toys are and are fantastic. Now, if you're someone who may not have uh, $300 to spend on a Grimlock, but you do want a classic <laughs> Grimlock for your collection. I'm actually going to recommend the next one, which was released in 2012, and that was the Generations uh, Voyager Grimlock. This one was based off the uh, video game um, that they did a couple of years ago. And I really like this Grimlock. This is the Grimlock that I own and have in my collection. Um, he's... Very much uh, based on that classic Grimlock design, but slightly more modernised. The uh, T-Rex alt mode is much more robotic hmm. than we've kind of had there in the past. Uh, and his tail is slightly too thick, and he does have a little bit of a hollow chest when transformed in the alt mode. But when he's in the robot mode, he's very much clearly the uh, classic Grimlock uh uh, he does have a slight bit of what's referred to in the Transformers community as a backpack, which is where some of the kibble of his transformation in alt mode kind of gets stuck there on the back. Uh, but he does have a nice sleek robot mode for the rest of the part there. And uh, he'll set you back around uh, $40. Sometimes he can be found even cheaper at conventions than that for sort of $20 to $25. Uh, and he stands nice and big in comparison to the other deluxe uh, figures that are quite common of uh, G1 uh, characters these days and really uh, holds his own there. And he also has a light-up uh, head, so you sort of open the jaw there on the T-Rex and it lights up as if he's doing a fire beam and he's a really great uh, piece there. And that head actually goes into the chest and you can activate that chest, um, the light in there, and it lights up his uh, sort of chest buttons and his um, eye light in there and carries it through there. So he's a really great one. And he's also just one, you'll hear about this in Transformer communities, he's one to sort of pick up and just play with. So he's one that you have fun just sort of transforming back and forth. He's got a little bit of a challenge to him, but he's not anything difficult that's going to frustrate you. So he's a good one just to have to pick up and just transform uh, back and forth there constantly so uh, cool. if if you're looking for a good one on a budget he would be my list the one i wouldn't recommend i mentioned him slightly before the energon uh grimlock did get re-released recently in an age of extinction uh evolution two pack so it was what was meant to be a g1 uh version of grimlock with a uh new movie version and they sort of recolored the Energon one. And if you see a picture of him here, you can see the proportions of his arms and his legs are just all wrong. Uh, now, he was uh, one half of a combiner, and you do still get some of those combining parts in there with this character, even though you don't get the other half of him, which is kind of weird in a release. Uh, <laughs> and this guy you can still find quite easily in clearance bins. He was a Toys R Us exclusive. I saw one today, half price, still sitting on the shelves from last year. 
um, locked in there. So he's easy to track down and get cheap if you can. But, um, yeah, he's not really uh, that much worth it. Uh, Speaking of the uh, movie, so Grimlock, uh, after much fans uh, demanding it, finally appeared in uh, one of the Michael Bay movies, which was Age of Extinction last year in 2014. For San Diego, they did a special uh, box set release uh, of the Dinobots that were appearing in the film, and they took their film moulds and recoloured them in G1 colours, so the silver, the gold, the black and the reds. Uh, so we had a Grimlock for that one. So that's technically fallen in into the G1 version of Grimlock, even though it is really the spiky to all the hell uh, Grimlock from the movie version. Um, and, I mean, weirdly, this was kind of a bit of a tease because you look at this version of the movie design, and I actually reckon that's much better than the actual movie uh, version looked uh, himself, even though it is still kind of all over the place yeah. there. But, yeah, it's it's such a weird design. But even just adding those extra colours make it sort of slightly more defined and you can see the body better and what's going on yep. uh, there. He Now, this version, the Voyager version of the movie one, I really hate. He comes with this giant mace that has a really long staff stem, but the handle that he holds for it is a separate handle that comes out that's right up the top near the bottom of the base of the giant, uh, the knocker part with the spikes and the ball end of the mace. And then he has a long stem that just keeps going back, which is just a really bad weapon design (laughs) uh, for me. And it's very hard to make out in the pictures that I put up here through in our script, but his hands are actually locked in in a side in a, side manner so you can't twist them at the wrist so imagine if he had a barbell in his hands and he was doing uh pull-ups on his biceps how you'd hold a bar like that that's how his hands are permanently locked Mm. uh so he holds the weapon on a side angle uh as well there which doesn't help uh either in terms of posing or that so not the biggest of fans of that uh, design. Uh, they also did a couple of weird little uh, releases in sort of the legend scale line uh, where they mainly took uh, characters which were known as the uh, sort of monster combiner group, so uh, Ripper Snapper, uh, and sort of recolored him in some weird colors. And that's has also fallen into the G1 uh, line of things, but uh, not. Not really. It's just more a toy that slapped the Grimlock name on and uh, repurposed a Decepticon uh, mold there. But if you do have the other parts for the Abomination uh, combiner figure, you can add him in here instead of the Ripper Snapper part and still build uh, your giant Abomination with a little Grimlock add-on. But that brings us to the end of the actual G1 uh, releases of Grimlock. So... Uh, even though he is a very iconic character, in terms of the toy uh, histories we've done, there hasn't been that many releases of him, which is, as I've mentioned mm. before, something kind of rare with uh, the Transformer line. You don't really get a lot of versions done. There were some other media versions, as I mentioned. You had the robots in disguise, and you had the uh, what's referred to as the Unicron 
uh, trilogy ones. Uh, you did have Transformers Animated came out after the first movie. Uh, these figures are actually brilliant. Uh, these are another ones I'd recommend people go out and check out the engineering on. They had a very smooth animation design, uh, the complete opposite to what you'd think of when you think of the Michael Bay Transformers and the way that the toy engineers design these to keep their nice, smooth, sleek designs but still be able to transform is impressive. There is a Grimlock in this line and he looks uh, very much uh, like his G1 version. They kept uh, very faithful to that uh, in this cartoon and uh, is very nice if you would be interested in a stylized uh, version. Uh, You also have Uh, the Transformers Prime uh, slash Robot in Disguise universe version of Grimlock. Uh, He's actually slightly differently coloured. He's in a uh, sort of black and green coloured version. And this one's not so much a T-Rex, even though that's what it's considered to be. This design is actually more based off Godzilla, uh, in particular the recent Godzilla movie. Uh, They drew a lot of design for Grimlock uh, here in his alternate mode. And, of course, you also had the movie versions, which the movie one from the other year is probably where we've got the most Grimlock toys being released in uh, one stack, which is the Michael Bay design. Not overly popular uh, with hardcore fans, but Mm. uh, they definitely got a lot of toy love last year, uh, a lot of which you can still find in discount bins and shelves, (laughs) Uh, particularly the uh, Romp and Stomp version, I think still has a whole aisle to itself in Target's. Uh, near me that you can grab uh, through there. But I remember when it was first starting to hit, there were a lot of people still grabbing them like crazy. And look, there are fans of those films out there. They make billions of dollars each time. So they're doing something right for someone out there. So, um, uh, And there is some interesting uh, designs and engineering in those ones as well. Uh, But, uh, yeah, so he's gotten a bit of figure love there in other versions. He's also gotten some statue love. The first version is just a bust from a company called Hard Hero, who in 2003, who I haven't really heard much of, or they did a few different yeah, transforms. Yeah, not around anymore. Yeah. yeah. Um, but that's very much a G1-based uh, version. You also had some from Diamond Select in 2007, so you had a G1 version and a War Within version, so that very Cybertronian one. And, of course, we've sort of mentioned them uh, already, but Prime One through Sideshow have done uh, some statues here. So you have uh, one of the movie Grimlock with Optimus Prime riding him on his back, which was one of those really cool trailer moments that just really made no sense uh, <laughs> ever in the film. But it has uh, one of uh, my favorite uh, bad movie lines of all time, which is, uh, you will help me free my friends or I will kill you, which (laughs) coming from your heroic uh, leader who believes in um, freedom for all sentient life, that's a very uh, strange quote. Uh, But, yeah, really great trailer moment and made for a great poster having Optimus Prime on a giant robot dinosaur. (laughs) And you can also get the giant robot dinosaur uh, by himself in another huge uh, statue there, similar to the Ironhide we mentioned earlier uh, in the run. 
Uh, we also put this out on Facebook for people to share their thoughts. So we had the great Patrick G adding in, uh, you know me, OG1. So he's definitely a fan of the very original G1 release. And we had Joe A claiming the masterpiece as his favorite one, saying, come on, guys, masterpiece. So uh, as fairly predicted, they're going to be the two favorites uh, for everyone. I also spoke to a few people on the uh, Transformer uh boards here uh in australia and yeah it is very clear the original g1 and the masterpiece one are the uh main ones that people seem to get in and love and yeah it's the uh well classics is a different one that's classics is Sorry, the least favorite. Meant, <laughs> you go watch like your terminology here. they are the classic yeah they yeah, they, yeah. they definitely are so he is a great character. I'm sure we'll see plenty more of Grimlock uh, still to come in the future. He's still roaming around China in the film version, so uh, I'm sure he'll turn up in the films. And considering that Paramount have 10 different film plans Ooh. for Transformers, they're avengerizing it. I wouldn't be surprised if we get a whole Dinobots movie to themselves, which robert kirkman's on that writing team so maybe we'll get a grimlock walking dead crossover <laughs> which could be interesting but uh a uh, very great character so now scotty uh if you don't mind uh, i'd like to hear about the petro rabbits again <laughs> <laughs> the hell we we talked about it when you weren't there Oh, okay. You you would have understood it finally, but yeah, yeah. you mean the absence that um no one would have known that i had unless you'd mentioned it right now yep yeah, yeah, awesome. Hunt magic. Well, you are such a professional. <laughs> um, <Yep>. Adam. <laughs> so That's why Deadpool's my favorite character. I break yeah. the fourth wall. <laughs> <laughs> Adam, were you ever into Transformers? Yeah, um, so we established a fairly reasonable collection back when we were kids, um, up to probably about 1988-ish, I would expect. So pretty much after um, the 1987 animated classic came out, um, that's the movie we're talking about. Um, we probably would have started dropping off in terms of our interests and we would have moved on to something else. Um, like probably at that stage, Ninja Turtles, I reckon. Um, so we never had a Grimlock. I know plenty of people that did, but we never had one in our household. The, um, yeah. now you know how, uh, John does a segment every now and then with the toy ethical dilemmas? Yeah. Mm hmm. I, I actually I hadn't really thought about it till just um, a couple of seconds ago, but I did have one years ago. I was a maybe teenager, early twenties, and I was had a few beers at a friend's house at a party, and the party had sort of died down, and we were crashing there at his house, and he set me up in his brother's room, and his brother was older, and he'd uh, gone away, is living in Canada at the time, but they still had the room kind of there. And I, for whatever reason, I don't know if I was drunk and I went through his cupboard or his cupboard was open, but I saw sort of a plastic bin there and he had all these uh, old Transformers in there and he had the full set of the Generation 1 uh, Dinobots complete. And as, as an action figure guy, just seeing that out of the corner of your eye grabs your attention. And I got to admit, I had that ethical dilemma of, could I just put these in my bag and take them home and be set up? And, like, I'm sure no one in this house would know. He probably wouldn't even realize when he got 
back that they were missing from the tub. I mean, when he's probably just going to give them, them to Goodwill anyway, yeah, or this and that. <laughs> now, I didn't. That's why I'm talking about it on the podcast and just not <laughs> mentioning it at all in life. But, yeah, I, I do remember having that sort of drunk ethical debate in my head of like, oh, maybe I could just, you know, put that in my bag and go on and no one would ever know. Is it a crime if no one ever knows? And, <laughs> and yeah. But, yeah, so there, there's a new ethical dilemma for you, John. Beautiful. But John's also not listening to this because I mentioned I like the vintage thing, so you should never hear that. We'll wipe that from him. Awesome. Well, I think you've done a a very thorough job of taking us through that. Thank you very much for the work that you put into preparing it. Um, It's you know Uh, we should actually. I I didn't do that much work thanks to the fine people (laughs) over at the TF Wiki dot com. They had a wonderful pre prepared list of all the toys. Uh, there so it was just more uh, editing than uh, a lot of work that we sometimes do so I do need to give credit to the TF Wiki Uh, they're a major source for this great well thank you very much for that and uh, we will take a break and come right back with some feedback to wrap the show up tired of losing battle after battle in the sky the Autobots create the ultimate robot jet jet fire Transformers But the evil Decepticons have a secret new weapon, Shockwave. The Transformers, robots in disguise. Get behind the SPA! Shockwave will stop them! The Transformers, from Hasbro. Well, we love hearing from you. Uh, It's always great to receive messages from you either um, via email at podcast at actionfigureblues.com uh, you can message us on Facebook. You can post on our Facebook page. Tweet at us at AF Blues. And uh, if we uh, find it interesting or like it or think it's amusing, then we'll read it out here. And Adam, you have our bit of feedback, which is a bit of a question this week. So over to you. I will indeed. Thank you, Scott. This comes from our friend J Rod HD, aka Jaden Rodriguez. He says, "Hey guys, J Rod HD here." Looking forward to your 200th episode. We'll be doing a special viewers call-in to celebrate episode. Keep the Hot Toys reviews going. Uh, there are many, many things afoot for episode 200, J-Rod, and I guess we're just going to have to wait and see what happens. That sounds really technical and hard. <laughs> Is it? Uh, it wouldn't be to be more the scheduling would be the hard yeah. part. I think that the thing that I when I read that, I was like, oh, great idea, except that for the rest of the world, we, you know, record at a ridiculous time. Um, but, hey, you know, if you're really dedicated, then you should get up. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> we shall see. <laughs> awesome. We, we might be able to work something with, like, a live tweeting or something where people could tweet at us during a yeah. certain time that might be able to be read out and if we give the times in advance for people to... That is very true, or like a... Sounds um, like Eddie and Arnold, our research guy, should get on that. Yeah. Or periscoping or something like that. Oh, man. (laughs) Sounds very exciting. Cool. Well, uh, and we'll have very shortly um, some competition prizing announcements for episode 200 as well. True. Um, Awesome. We did it. Yay. Yeah. And, And... Thank you to those people that listen to our show but really love Transformers and are very patient about the fact that we don't talk about it very much. And uh, we did that for you. (laughs) (laughs) Bye, everybody. Bye. Good journey.
Keep it on. Good journey. The Action Figure Blues podcast can be found on iTunes and Stitcher Radio and downloaded direct at actionfigurebluescom by clicking on the podcast tab. If you do listen to us on iTunes, please take a moment to leave a positive rating and review. We also have an active fan forum at afbforum.com where you can join in with all of the hosts of the podcast and many other collectors to discuss news, new releases, old lines, and engage in trades and sales in a safe community. Please join us there. While you're at actionfigureblues.com, please don't forget to check out our sponsors like Mike's Comics and Stuff, ShelfLife.net, and the Pop Culture Superstore, who help keep our site running. You can also find us on Twitter at AFBlues and on our Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash actionfigureblues. Thanks for listening. Here we go. In Oh my gosh, I don't have an intro. I got one. Wait, is it singing? I'm banning singing. No, no, it's a Grimlock one. Okay, tell me. Um he's got the famous line, um, tell Grimlock about the Petro rabbits again. <laughs> it's a a mice of men reference. Okay, I was looking for a funny one. Any anyone else? Uh, sure. uh, that, okay. that would have killed in trim. <laughs> <laughs>